Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Billy O'Connor's Good Cars with Good Engines. Hey, Chief, you need a good car? One that'll get you to your shitty job smacking bricks around? <laughs> then the Little League game where you can beat the shit out of some of your old enemies? Then off to the bars so you can get smashed out your gourd on piss water lagers? Then maybe even out, outrunning a couple stadies who were trying to give you a shit for that broken taillight? Well, we guarantee you got yourself a good car. And that engine was put together by a couple of Southies who definitely were only a wee bit drunk. So you know it's a good engine under that hood. Because <laughs> Billy O'Connor's put the car in O'Connor. <laughs> Did you say a wee bit? I just was going to say. I love that there's one little bit of Irish mixed in with the Boston accent. <laughs> just a wee bit. A wee bit. <laughs> a wee bit drunk. <laughs> Otherwise, spot on accent. Get the car. Did that just say Nate Scott, Zach, and Brad? I hope you assholes did not record. I just like press the little fast forward button. <laughs> yes, it did. We are now at our one year show. Today is the one year anniversary show. And we are welcoming officially a new member, Scotch Beck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scotty. Well, you we didn't let you do a live one. We should have let you do a live one. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah. I'll throw one in later. I'm che- sure. Cheers to, cheers, uh, cheers to Scott cheers. Beck officially as, our, as the fourth on uh, Bez Video King. Of course, you've been around uh, a while as a, effectively a, uh, a staple of the Bez Video Kingdom universe. But I was on episode one. You yeah. were on episode one. So, so it's not, you're not exactly new to the game. In and out, I, I was a, a key utility player. As we went along, whenever whatever you guys needed, I was yeah. happy to jump in and, you know, throw in a, a dumb commercial here or there. Or yeah. uh, what did you think judging. about the initiation? The initiation was a little fucked up. <laughs> you know, I felt I kind of felt like the uh, the thirty four year old rookie who got called up and is getting hazed by a bunch of fucking twenty four year olds. <laughs> you know? what, was it? Did, so here's the thing that Scott doesn't know is that the final piece of his initiation was that we we dumped seven puppies in his in his orchard. And made <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh, that's the fucking worst initiation ever. <laughs> if you didn't get rid of all of them, we would have been like, no, I guess he doesn't. Got Scott it. Yeah. Scott has been playing a doggy shelter the last week because somebody dumped seven puppies in his orchard and he's an excellent human being. So he's like, well, I'm going to find homes for these puppies. Yeah, yeah man, it was. F- Crazy. I mean, you know, being a farmer living out in the middle of nowhere, we get people dump, or things dumped out there all the time, and and um, you, you know, know they're just like couches and old boats. Right? Mostly, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> or porn. I mean, or the porn's boats. always great. There's good porn. Yeah, or if it's if it's an animal, it usually never ends up good. You know, because they're usually scared and it's hard to catch them. Or whatever. They're usually older dogs. I've actually seen, literally seen with my own eyes, somebody stop their car. Let a dog off the leash and then drive off. No, I, if wow. I was that's like the movies. If I wasn't on a tractor, I mean, you I think they they forgot the dog? They just saw some orchard porn and were like, "I got to go get that." Slowing me down, dog. <laughs> so no, but fortunately, yeah, we did find my my employee found them and we took care of them and 
got them all homes within a week, which is insane. That doesn't, and don't get any ideas out there, anybody. Never dump an animal. It n- rarely works out well. Yeah, it doesn't. there's not that many Scotch, Scotch Becks in the world. We, we know a lot of farmers, and there's a lot of farmers who have said, I guess I'm drowning some puppies today. <laughs> like, <laughs> no jokes. Got, they got dark. They got no dark. jokes. Real uh, dark. All right. So so we are at the one-year anniversary show. So so uh, we sort of quietly uh, we quietly accepted uh, our Nick's resignation some months ago. Yep, reluctantly. Um, but for the, there was a couple. We actually had a couple of couple of people like reach out to us, fans that are that we don't know uh, other than than that they're listeners, and said, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I didn't didn't know that you know Nick was off, but got the feeling. And Nick's alive and well. We love him. He's still, Nick's doing amazing. He's, he's still just one of our closest super friends. busy. He's a busy dude. He's I, think, I think we might be going to a, a little a little movie night with him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon. He's trying to round us up just to get a little of that taste. Still of wants that to bevs. watch some movies. A little of that bevs. So 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 luckily, obviously, we have the ultra capable Scotch Beck now in as the fourth. This creates a little complication because, of course. Scott is our expert judge when when needed, so we're going to start doing a little rotation, I think, until we find a, a suitable replacement. I, I think it's a terrible idea, but I I, I, I just, I feel like, I just, for some reason it feels like Nate's like, I'm going to be the judge. I'm like, dude, I just feel like you're going to pick your team. But then I'm like, oh, he's not drafting. I realize that <laughs> after a few seconds, but I'm like, you're going to be so biased towards Nate's stupid team. Yeah, well, oh, that's it was funny because I, I got tapped to be the judge, the, the first rotation judge for our next week's draft, which is because this week we're doing Goodwill Hunting. Next week is going to be the most memorable Damon characters. That no. team and looks like uh, he just doesn't grow facial hair. Like he doesn't shave. He just doesn't grow it. You haven't seen the last no because he has a crazy beard that looks like a chin. On will on uh, on will hunting, he looks like he, the most baby faced man like on the planet. Thir- he's like thirteen in that movie. How old? How old is he? <laughs> I think he's probably in his mid twenties. Like Twenty four or something. Smooth, face, wildly though. looking, looking wildly smooth, handsome, like, handsome, handsome baby face. He had like a lot of moles on his like cheeks, and I was like, I wonder if he's going to shave those off. Zach did a deep dive <laughs> into, into Matt Damon's face. It was like a this, long close up of his. He's face. like, I rewatched the f- close up of his face seventeen <laughs> times. Hey, um, being one year though, we do need to like just. I know one of the biggest requests we've had is like, hey. Everybody can introduce themselves real just briefly. Like, I'm Brad. Um, I am uh, the the editor of the pod. So anytime, you know, we get out of hand, I'm there to uh, make a quick edit and stuff. But uh, other than that, you know, that's my voice. Uh, a racing fan. Uh, oh, racing fan. Yeah, like racing movies, action well, movies, kind of uh, comedy. Of likes kind of weird shit. Weird comedies, yeah. I like I like things that are a little bit out there, and so that's that's my style. And if you've ever seen a picture of Brad, he looks a little bit like uh, Guy Fox from uh, yes. <laughs> the Guy Fox mask. Guy Fox uh, that's mask. that's not a bad uh, <laughs> with with brains. Not a bad take. <laughs> All right, Zazaki. Are we're just talking about ourselves? Yeah, just say something. Yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> lamp. I like. Long, I like. Long I like lamps on the beach. I love lamp. Uh, no. Uh, hi, I'm Zach. I like. Scary movies. You do like that, and you just like, uh, to, you like to have them make you feel things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all I got. I feel really put on the spot. I didn't know we, we were going to talk tell, about we ourselves. Didn't yeah, we, we didn't tell you. So you're oh scary. That's okay. Great. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, <laughs> so I can say I'm Nate. Let's see. What do I do? I, I over intellectualize m- movies. Read probably too much into them. Uh, I like romantic comedies, but I'm but I uh, am romantic about the wrong characters most of the time. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for sports movies, uh, and uh, you know 
I don't know what else. What would you say? I, I, I mean, you say I like romantic comedies, but what you should say is I, I enjoy problematic characters. <laughs> I enjoy problematic characters. <laughs> that, that's actually, I would say that that isn't. That's a more general and slightly accurate uh, position. Nate, Nate's like that that wrestling dude. There was that one like YouTube video of that fan that was in the, the audience. He's like, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's trying to hold on to all these like people that have been pointed out as problematic. Hey, come on, they're still good people. Uh, if That's you have true. not seen that clip, please YouTube that. Uh, it's still real to me, guy, at whatever. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. such a great By clip. the way, since we're just going to go ref here, so, Zach, your wife showed me a YouTube clip that I'd never seen, and I wonder if you've seen it, Brad. It's the, it's the little girl like southern girl Ugh. comforting the bass have you seen this it's okay fish. oh it's yeah it's okay fishy <laughs> it's oh. okay fish i'd never seen it and like i was just crying i'm I, i'm also a fisherman although i never talked about that on the pod so i uh, comforting a bass all those all those fishermen movies you know out there. Well, there yeah that's that's the problem is there just aren't enough you know maybe that's what i need to write is the a great bass ah, fishing cool saga there we go all right yeah, I guess uh, I'm Scott, sometimes called Scotch. Um, I'm a musician. I've, um, I love being here. You're in Brad's brother's band, aren't I'm you? I'm in Brad's brother's <laughs> band. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. that joke just cool. keeps on going. <laughs> I mean, and, that, and actually, you know, to help some friends of ours out, Hoisting Heavy's podcast, that was mentioned on their podcast today, that whole story. They of, did. Yeah. They, they brought it up, That's and awesome. it's been brought up many times to me now. But yeah, no, I, I love... Uh, just all kinds of different things. Um, I'm kind of like your brother in a lot of ways, which is funny because I love putting on a movie that I've seen dozens of times yeah. and just having it in the background. It's like, you know, it's a comfort thing. So I love comedies and, and I, I also like some, some weird movies too, but I don't really like horror that much, but I'll sit through it. And Not me. So yeah, I know. We've, we've talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's like, hey, you guys want to see Nope? He's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Apparently, I guess I am going to get sucked into right, that. But. You should. I, it's not that uh, scary, I guess. Uh, yeah, so 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 that's that, so we'll try to do a little better at uh, now. One year in, we're going to try to you know maybe not quite go in that much detail, but at least you'll know our voice. At least say who's who who's with who. voice. So we're, it's interesting. I don't think people care. I think they're just you know, like whatever. Yeah, that's the literally the number one piece of feedback I've gotten is they're like I don't know who any of you are. You all sound the same. Uh, well, that's there's more no than... fucking way that I sound the same as you. My <laughs> that's what they say. Eighties metal. That's what the hair pe- that's what voice. the pe- that's what the people say. The only feedback I've gotten is from my wife, and she's like, "Do you have to do so many?" Like, <laughs> so many pods? Yeah, I'm like, it's been weeks. <laughs> uh, no, actually, she's awesome. She's super cool and lets me come and do this. So sorry, babe. Um, so so we uh, so we are doing for our one year. We've been holding holding this one in the chamber, and we decided it's just time to kind of like start firing our best ammo. And so we're kicking off a really really good ten movie run here with Goodwill Hunting. So Goodwill Hunting was has long been sort of flagged as our our one year show, and I think the, it, there are two reasons, and you guys can correct me. One is. It's kind of high on all of our lists. I mean, that doesn't make us unique. A lot of people love this movie, so maybe that's part of it too. Is we know that a lot of our listeners will will, will like the movie, but all of us have this as like a very highly ranked movie in our in our sort of like you know, you know uh, stable movies. And second, it's kind of, you know the core of the movie is is about friendship, or at least one big part of it, right? And there's four of them, and there's four of us, and you know, there's some some similarities, and so. We were thinking, let's do, let's let's save this one for the one year, and here we are. So this has been one of my favorites, and and we've talked about this before on the pod. I have this really vivid memory, it, like there can be special things that are special, and you know they're special, and you watch them, and they're special, and that's really cool. 
And I've definitely had movies like that. But there are no movies that I've ever watched that are as good an experience as Good Will Hunting. And the reason is not because I think it's, it itself is the best movie I've ever seen, although it's close. It's because I went into it as blind as I've ever gone into a movie. I think I actually took my little sister, who's a few years younger than me, and I have no idea why she wanted to see this movie, probably because Matt Damon was in it. That's exactly why. And so, was was he a thing at that point though? I don't I, my think wife it was. said. My wife said when when we were watching it, she was like, "Oh, Matt Damon so was so hot in this movie. I used to think he was so hot when I was younger." And then she's like, "Now I watch and I'm just like, ew, he's a smoker." <laughs> <laughs> as you as you light one up, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I watched. I remember. I have this like really clear memory. I know exactly worth what theater I was in and what seat I was sitting in, and I can remember sitting down and like you know, my sister and her friend there. And I watched this movie and I just, it was like this raw experience where I was like, I I literally almost like couldn't get up for a few minutes because it was just, it was like totally overwhelming to me to have that kind of an experience without seeing it coming. I even think I might've been kind of in a bad mood or something, you know, like I was just like, whatever. Did you have any other friends with you when I watched this movie, yeah, I no, think you said you took no, Amy. no, my okay, sister so, and her friend. I was okay. just me. Okay, so here's my thing: because you came back from this movie, and you were just raving about it. Yeah, and I was like, you were like never gonna watch that. Well, no, I was yeah, just like, like, I, I, I was more like, I was like, what the fuck? Years. When did you go to the movies? And like, I, I would have wanted to go, and I was just like, okay, it didn't work out. All but, Brad goes thinking about was his FOMO. He's like, wait a minute, <laughs> which is funny though because this movie, when you told it to me, I was like, I need to see this fucking movie immediately, which is. So far from <laughs> where we are now, where like you recommend something, I'm like, like I'm not gonna fucking watch that. that. <laughs> well, but at that time, I remember very vividly you you were like, dude, you don't even understand. Like, it, it feels like just you know, like our friendships and like just our, like just how yeah. we are in like our small town. Like, it just it reminds me so much of this stuff. And I was just like, oh damn, I gotta see this. Well, and that's it's a funny one in that way because it transcends on that dimension. I mean, this is Boston, right? This is not a small town movie at all. Right. But it has that, you know, like it has that that kind of like transcendent universal feel to it where the connections that are in it make you feel so like you can relate so tightly. And it's not only like a big city movie, but it's also a movie, you know, that's a big city in a circumstance is pretty different than the one that we grew up in. But but big city, but they also specify it to Southie where like right, Southie becomes this little small yeah. community where it's like, I mean, Southie might be big. I don't, I don't know how many fucking people are like in Southie, but. It feels like all of a sudden this smaller community. I mean, I, I teach in a, a uh, an area that's part of a three hundred thousand person city, but the, that community, the South Side, it's like it's it's got its own little kind of identity, and it's like it's its own little smaller neighborhood that's kind of almost separated from separate from the city. So like I, I kind of understand that like the whole Southie thing. It's like you're gonna feel like you're not Boston. I'm Southie. So so Scott and Zach, you guys are respectively older and younger than us. Do you remember the first time you saw it? I honestly don't. I, I know I didn't see it in the theater. Okay. And I don't recall ever seeing trailers for it or really hearing about it. And I really don't know when I saw it the first time. Right. So it comes out in very early 98. I mean, I actually think there, were, there might have been some previews in late 97. 97, but. I think, is what we read yesterday. Okay. Yeah. It says official I, release is like January of 98. But, but I the wife and I were watching it, and I was like, oh, this came out in like 2000, 2001. And no. I was, I, it, was no. it was not. I think you're right that it's 97, like effectively comes out in 97. It says the official release. IMDb tells me that the official release date is January 9th of 98. But I don't think that's true 
So, so you don't remember seeing it either? No, I, I, I do remember seeing it. I didn't see it in the theater, and I actually was brought to it by Elliot Smith, who does, uh, who's on who, the soundtrack. A lot of the music, right. yeah, it's who great. Does a, who does a bunch of it, which, and it's also uh, the guy from Mongo Boingo. What's uh, Danny Elfman? Yeah, he does. He does the other part of the mu- yeah. the score, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. I, I got I I have a lot of praise for this movie for sure, um, but yeah, I remember the first time that I watched it, it was like, a, man, I might have even watched it with commercials. You know what I mean? Like on that's in, that's an insane take on whatever on whatever it was. But uh, I remember thinking, oh, this is that Elliot Smith movie where they they had like I think the music was up for for a, it was nominated for an Oscar right. and, lo- and lost to Celine Dion. That my heart goes on for Titanic. oh well, there you yeah, go. How you gonna yeah. Do that? <laughs> yeah. I I really like music and movies, and I have to say that a I never knew that the same artist was doing all the songs throughout the movie, and b I didn't know that artist was Elliot Smith. And C, I didn't know who Elliot Smith was. Right. <laughs> so, so I really just, after watching this movie bunches of times, all of a sudden, just this last rewatch, I was like, okay, this guy's Elliot Smith. Oh, okay, he's like kind of a popular dude. Oh, he did all, most of the songs where they're singing like he's the same guy. I did not realize that until Here, just here's this a, here's last a, Here's watch. a bit of a hot take about Elliot Smith. Not my favorite movie song. Favorite movie song is in the Royal Tenenbaums, Needle in the Hay, when he's committing suicide. Ooh. Yeah. That that scene is badass, and that song is amazing, dude. Wow, he, he's got some dope songs. His yeah. I I have I have I mean he's not. You like, seem like an Elliot Smith fan. Yeah, he's not he's not my favorite dude because I feel like a lot of it is super similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a really beautiful voice that he that he sings with and does a lot of finger picking stuff, and it sounds fucking great. But I have trouble differentiating like. You know, he could do a ten song. It sounds like one long song to me, but I fucking he's dope. All right, so so so, give, where where's this movie fall for you, Zach? Like, give me your take on it. Uh, so for a movie, I mean, it's I think I think in a lot of ways it's it's a perfect story. Yeah, and I love the way that it ends. I love the way that uh, I love the way that they depict the the bro the brotherhood between uh, Chucky and Will. And, you know, he meets the girl. She's the perfect freaking uh, manic pixie dream girl. She's freaking super, like, up and, and, and energetic and makes the main character feel really good about himself. And, um, you know, he obviously doesn't trust her. He doesn't trust anybody, right? But uh, the way that they depict, like, the way that those guys wrote... Because, I, I mean, maybe they're super smart, but they don't strike me as, like, super smart dudes. Uh, they strike me as uh, certainly, like, bright and intelligent, but not... Genius level, right? Yeah. But the way that well, they... Matt Damon told me to invest all my money in crypto. And I know I'm broke. Yeah, now, it, went, so. it went badly. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, dude. It, it, what what ki- what gets me about this movie is the way that they depict the way that a, like an actual genius, if a genius just like appeared somewhere, the way that like the academic world would react to him, and the way that he could react to them, depending on his. I just thought it was so great the way that Matt Damon just seemingly is playing every angle at all times but not it's not really super over the top where he's like aha i tricked you you know what i mean it's like but i mean he's uh, the whole interaction with him and robin williams and the way that he's just you know trying to play robin williams but robin williams is the first guy that's kind of like you know can be some somewhat of a worthy opponent to him and kind of figures out the way to get to him it's just so fucking good dude do we think at some point though like that uh he's going to be there's going to be like a 
a puff piece written about him. There's going to be some like article written about him or some interview with them. Like I know you could say, oh, well, they were trying to keep him away from that, but it seems like that shit would have happened. Like he would have, he would have been called out as this like genius from Southie pub nationally. Right. Cause there's if a lot of kids that, that realize that like, he's the one like doing this shit. Like it, the word's going to get out. Somebody's going to come like sniffing, like, Hey, I want to, I want to interview so, this so guy. You're saying before, even before the end of the movie, like people would have heard about him. Yes. Yeah. That's probably right. That's, that's, that's just kind of my, my take there. It really? I didn't even think about that, but you're probably right. I mean, if he's that, like, they're like, it took us two years. I'm the smartest guy. I've won all these awards. I teach at MIT. It took me two years to prove this with other people's help, uh, and he did it in, like, an afternoon. I mean, yeah. I, that's probably true, although, A, MIT is full of really smart people. So, like, he's very bright, obviously. Right. And 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 the math, the math, you know, the Fields Medal winner, right, Lambeau, can figure out that he's that smart. But there aren't that many people that can distinguish him. And this is part he of the point. He even says that, right? Right. So, so he's a genius guy, but and he's from Southie, but like his background may not be well known. He goes, outside. There's, a, "There's a handful of people in the world that'll know how much smarter you are than me, me. and I happen right. to be one of them." There's a thousand but, people trying to get their hand on that story, though. That would whether it's news I media, think now, whether it's a movie I think person, now, I think like, back then maybe there was a story in like the so, Boston so I, Globe I, or whatever, I and it just kind of goes away. I mean, yeah. This is 1990. This is depicted let's, let's just say that it's 96 yeah it's pre-internet there's no i mean no effective internet news right if you so don't like, read the boston globe you don't read the story about the guy that solved the thing on the on the on the wall or yeah. whatever and you yeah. never hear about it and so that you know spotlight's not really you know doing their thing by that oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so um all right so, so what about they you? were actually like sh shoving some shit under the rug right about that <laughs> what about you scott um as far as where this movie yeah like like yeah. what's your what's your overall take and where how 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 high is it for you on the list just i mean this is one of the movies that i well, if it comes on, I'm watch it. And exactly. If it's on, it, I at one point I had it on my DVR, which I'm kind of pissed because somehow it's not on my DVR right now, and I had to fucking rent it again to kind of refresh it. I just want to take though, a moment to acknowledge that you still have a DVR. So great. Yeah, okay, that's, that's crazy, cool. bro. I haven't had that in a while. <laughs> you guys don't have DVRs anymore, no, man. dude. They well, have this thing called streaming services well, where you don't even you, just the internet. They, you, they you, have this you, thing called the middle of the fucking country where I live. My internet sucks ass. I didn't, I didn't want to tell you about your Scott Beck at AOL.com email address. Hey, it's dude, a little, I can't, I can't I believe you guys are farm shaming right now. That's <laughs> fucked up, man. I mean, we've lived around farms our whole life, and the fact that you're farm shaming is, is ter it's terrible. It's almost like there's a rookie on the podcast. Brad, Brad's brother's band made it at hotmail.com. Yeah. Brad's time. brother's band's made He's got He's got a fucking satellite the size of this table in his backyard to get the fucking internet. Oh, man, he's I like, I'm going to change the channel. This satellite has to move. He, but, he, but, he gets, but he gets channels from Australia, so. Oh, shit. Joke's on you, bro. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams I think DVR would get me fucking <laughs> chastised on this podcast. It's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of things to make fun of me about. What Let's are you, 100? Honest. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Spend all your time cool. saving animals. How, how's your TiVo doing, Scott? <laughs> you fucking TiVo? <laughs> God damn it. I had TiVo. That uh, <laughs> oh my dad! My dad still has TiVo, and dad, I I I love that you still are a TiVo uh, warrior. Okay, so, <laughs> fucking love this movie. It's uh, from top to bottom. The casting is amazing. The acting, the, the writing. I, I mean, so first of all, you know, I, I did a quick little search on IMDb. And these guys really hadn't been in that many things. Oh no, this time. is like they they held on, held on, held this hostage yeah. so they could break out as actors. It's so crazy to me yeah. that this got made featuring these two guys that really hadn't had that many big films, and they f destroy it. They they're they're. I was watching it today and just a masterclass on on how to how to just deliver a monologue because like a lot of the scenes like 
most of the scenes are long yeah. scenes. Yeah. And Kevin Smith asked. Doesn't seem like there's very many cuts in them. You know, they're just done and done well. And it's just amazing. I it, and like you know, Zach was saying, ends right. It just makes you feel good. It's got a, a you know, just the whole movie from top well, to bottom, I love it. Well, and it's unique in that way in the sense that it 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 ends with a real lack of resolution. Like it doesn't just like a lot of movies, it doesn't feed you the all the things tied up, but hopefully, and resolution. yet doesn't feel yeah, it doesn't uh, yeah. leave you feeling like pissed that it didn't. Oh, wrap the end's the best up. because yeah. he's gonna get there and fucking she's gonna say something, he's gonna get pissed. Right. It's not gonna work out, but they end it oh, before we so? get to. Oh no, oh, yeah. way. I, that guy's I, fucked I was up, gonna bring bro. this up later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I no. bet we get that in alternate. <laughs> that guy's super yeah. smart and <laughs> fucked up in the head. He's been he's been like abused and in through in and out of foster homes. He's he, there's he. I mean, he's gonna. Have a tough time having a successful relationship with like a neurosurgeon yeah. or whatever she's going to be. Hard to disagree. Yeah. I think this. Guy, I think they have. They have. Been and I love their but like you, you meeting have to think, and everything. It's perfect. Is it's, he, that, that's the thing. The one of the things about it is like he meets this one girl, but like any girl like at an Ivy League school or Stanford or whatever, it's like anybody that's at that upper echelon of education, they're going to meet this dude and be like, oh my god, he's like the rough edges, but he's also brilliant. Thousand they're percent. just going to be just throwing themselves at him. I like disagree, just. and then at the same time, I agree with you. Oh, no, I mean, I... What, I, what do you disagree I, with? I, do we need to get into this right now? Because like, they're not going to want to go uh, with a poor guy. But... He's got abs. Oh, bro. So it's he, like, no, it's no, like no. fuck, they dude, want, he has no, no facial hair no, and no, abs, no, no. but he's poor. Okay, there was never anyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. There was never a dude that was sexier ever in movies than the, Matt the Damon. The moment that Matt in, Damon said, like, when he starts owns to defend, that guy yeah, in the bar uh-huh. and then is like real quietly, but you know if there's a problem, we just got yeah. something figured out. Like, is there, was there ever a more, like, juxtaposition, like, just punk than that? Like... I will intellectually dominate you, and then if you want, I, and then I will. Do, and if you I want, I'll also kick your intimidate ass. Yeah. you to the point of you like running away with your. That, that's what one, you know. That's why. How she could wanted she not be one on a exactly. truly visceral level? Right. right? Oh, because like, she goes for him even if even just with the the academic like beat down, she goes for him. But then when that little extra little oh oh yeah. Panties Zach, wet. Zach, did you not pay attention <laughs> when you guys got chastised? My panties were wet. I'm just saying. <laughs> when you guys oh, got know, chastised by your wives on the pod way back then about what a sexy man is, do you not remember? No, I mean, yeah. oh, well. It's all about personality. <laughs> it, yeah. It's smart. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> trying to hit the table as many times as I can just for Brad tonight. He's freaking out, pointing no. at me. Uh, okay, but but <laughs> just did it again. <laughs> Okay, but but I'm just saying that let's let's step back for a second from the from that particular part of it. From which part? His abs or his beardless face? First of all, does he really have? I mean, how are the abs really that good? No, they're not. Yeah, but he's in good shape. He's in good shape. But I'm just saying he's. This is exactly, breaking up breaking well, the, the, up bricks. This, this is like <laughs> this is goes, harkens back to the criticism I got for picking Brad Pitt from Thelma and Louise in our mail draft, which is. As you point out, when you talked about your 17 rewatches of his close-up of his face. It was wild. He looks like a little boy. Like, I mean, so when I look at him now, and, and, and Ben Affleck both, I'm, I like at the time they were grown-ups, because I was like 17. Your taste and in now has, like, has matured since You're little then. boys. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching uh, HBO Hard Knocks, like where they have the Detroit Lions, NFL, and they were showing all the all the dudes up there, like like getting talk, coaches talking to them stuff, and I was like, I told Aiden a couple of friends, I was like, it's just weird seeing that, like, NFL players are starting to look like kids now. Like that's yeah. that. Like I'm at that age now where their like, number dude, one these pick, guys that D lineman, looks like a baby. Yeah, he not just yeah. He looks like a little like <laughs> little like red haired dude like yeah. running around. He's just kind of a little bit bigger than everybody else. Like 
dude. So, so, so here, here's what, what I think is like, you know, what I, what I, this is another great example, but like, I've always loved the friendship element of this movie and I never get tired of it. So like that for me is enduring. And this is sort of reflected by what Brad said, which is, you know, there's that, you know, I was raving about how much this connects that this captures like that connection between, you know, ribbing each other and giving each other a little bit of a hard time and having a level of comfort so you can kind of tease each other. But at the same time, like this, you know, that's like girded by this, like understanding that you, you all have each other's back. That's the only way that that kind of ribbing is okay. The only people that you can tell the most terrible things in the world that you can think of to are people (laughs) that, you know, would freaking if shit fight for down. you or die for you yeah. or whatever it is, you and, know. What and, I mean? and that's like you know you get that right in the scene you know early in the movie right where where they you know they jump out to fight for no apparent obvious reason and still it's great. But <laughs> he, but you know they're constantly at it. You know they're they're already at each other right. Like you know Chucky and and uh, Morgan are you know going at each other. But Morgan gets out of the car right. Like yeah. you know you know he's he gonna, says he's not and going. Those, it, and those dudes are like yeah you know but there's not even they don't even have a conversation about whether why the guy why Will's pissed they're just like oh well gonna fight i'm gonna fight and, and like you know you can say what you want about you know like there'll be plenty of people that have reasonable disagreements about this sort of physical physicality and like violence of things and like whether that's just like testosterone gone wild or whatever but um and maybe it is i'll, I'll acknowledge it but for me i identify with that feeling right like yeah i have lots of friends who like there's an implicit understanding when that if like things 20 were, years old when you're 20, for sure, because yeah, exactly. you don't know, you don't even have a thought about it. And frankly, right, like even now, right, even though like we're not walking around thinking anyone's going to get in a fight, right, there's a real sense in which either literally or metaphorically, right, if you get into a hard spot, the guys, you know, you have friends that are going to do whatever they need to help you out, you know. So, like, I think that for me endures. But the thing that jumped out at me this time that I felt more connected to in that area and in the sort of romance was it's actually a really like, deep dive in some ways into the sort of emotional side of that for a sort of a fairly masculine heterosexual guy and a bunch of heterosexual masculine guys, right. That like identify that way and think of themselves that way. Like he talks a lot to Sean about the, the like insecurity he has with Skylar, right? Like one of the things that they like really connect on is this idea that he's, you know, he's sort of, you know, worried about the fact that, like, he's going to find out that she's not perfect. And Sean's like, yeah, but you're going to find out maybe she's like, you're not perfect. And he kind of, like, he then recites that to her. You're going to figure out something you don't like about me. And then I'm, I would be in Stanford with nowhere to go. And, like, there's a part of me that's, like, there's a vulnerability to it that it, it lays out that not a lot of other movies do, like, a really serious job of, you know, in that, with that particular type of character. And I guess it's the same with, you know, the conversation with Chucky and Will at the end, right? Like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Right, like there's a real emotional element to that. All right, so anybody got anything else before we uh, move on to drinking with uh, some people? I just want to say that we've gone far too long without really talking about Robin Williams' performance in this movie. Yeah, fair. So let's we shall. <laughs> in I'm lots sure we'll of talk ways about it in future. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but goddamn! Although, can Robin Williams bench 285? That's a really good question. There's zero chance. <laughs> That man's arms are so fucking long. You can't bench 285 with arms that long he's unless you're like a pr- He's actually a pretty small dude. Yeah, he's not the base guy. Like, he looks bigger and wider in this, but he's not very tall. No. 
No, not I don't think that matters. I like some short dudes can bench a lot of weight, but I'm just saying. He's kind of got that that wrestling build. Like in, he might, that's I mean, the thing. If you, if he's a Southie dude that was maybe a stud wrestler, and uh-huh. like, I mean, he's not. Hey, you see how long his arms are? His arms are really long. <laughs> I have. I just know they're hairy. I haven't noticed the how chances. Long. Well, I think a better a better question is whether or not he was serious. So, like, I think. Well, he a, shut Matt Damon up. That's well. That's I, what, think, I, that I think there's a, a good chance. I think there's a good chance. I, mean, I have com- more comments on this, but I think there's a good chance that Sean was. It was a pure psych- psychological move. Right. He's I, like, I, I, I'm going to pick a number that might be believable, but there's no way that Damon can bench. Yeah, because Damon's Damon's putting up two thirty five, maybe like, twice, maybe, and then, maybe, and then he's like, uh, and then he's like, my shoulder hurts a little bit. I just, I think maybe I should wait till next week. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, if Damon lifts hard and he gets in shape, he's two thirty five. The man, he, he the man like throws cinder dude. blocks for a living. Yeah. That's what he does. I don't I care, dude. That, he weighs like one hundred fifty pounds. The We're underestimating the brute Southeast takes his, uh, No joke. How oh, how, how much? How, no, no. How much did Matt Damon weigh when he was filming this movie? One forty five. No, Maybe. 170. No. Are you fucking serious? How tall, how tall is, is Matt, Matt Damon? Damon? I don't think you realize how tall these people are. <laughs> Matt Damon's 5'9 right. if he's fucking... Nate, Nate's on the Googles. We got to know how tall he is. Because I think... He's kind of stocky. 5'10". 5'10". Stocky 5'10", 170? He's not stocky. He's, not stocky. Dude, he's thin. Look at shirt off. He's thin but not cut. I, looks, I bet he you he's 145. 16. I don't know. I, I mean, later, crazy. Matt, I'm with, I'm like, like later, grown-up Mac Naaman, maybe, but like he's five ten. Dude, a five ten guy with no muscle bulk that's like pretty lean, like he is. That's he, a one forty five year old, uh, a one forty five really? pound person. Oh, dude, you're you're maybe, you're like six one. You're like six one. So you and that same body type is like one eighty, but. I don't how how long I, I has it been since wrong. we've seen 180? You know what I mean? Like fucking <laughs> 180 is in the rear view for me, anyways, and I'm I'm shorter than you. I, well, this question I, went I, this I, whole I conversation went sideways. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, drinking with the director. Pull up a chair and grab yourself a drink. Hypothesize what directors think. Maybe sometimes get a guess. Makes us look good. Let's drink, laugh, and pretend we know what we're doing. Drinking with the director brought to you by Last Call God, that harmony. Dude, those guys are must be Is that, real musicians. That guy that sounds a live show. <laughs> that guy sounds so much like this guy that's in your brother's band. <laughs> no, it's, it's wild. Because I, like, I didn't. Do they ever guy, let the drummer the guy even speak? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, so how how many live shows have you now done on your own in the last like? Because you've done. Speaking of, you know, sponsored by Last Call Brewing, right? You just were at Last Call Brewing last week. I was. Yeah. Um. Is and it's what's great is my first show by myself was for the BVK. IPA release. Killed it. That's you, right. You guys are responsible for me actually when because I honestly didn't think that I would play live by myself because I'd never had. And, and you love it now. I fucking love it. Dude, you, you did a back to back last week. Like you've got like gigs I've like gigs. right on top of gigs. I know, dude. The the bread and butter is the originals that are really good, but mixed in with the quirky covers, dude. Yeah, I like the to quirky keep, covers. Kill. Love to keep it a little bit weird. You don't expect yeah. it. Yeah. You know, do, I, you know, large, I do. I have to tell a quick story because this uh, guy, there was a song that I, I I love, and I hadn't listened to it in a while. I was listening to it, and I mentioned it to him. He's like, "That's funny," because I was just at a gig, and this guy like came up and requested it. Was it "Blowjob Betty" by uh, Too Short? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was a, a Steve Earle song. Oh, shit. Yeah, Copperhead Road. Copperhead Road. And, oh, my God, I was just like, dude, that would be awesome if you played it. It's, it's a fun little song. It's pretty simple. This guy at the Hoisting Heavies beer release party. He's like, shout out to Guy Fox. No, all, well, he didn't even say anything. All of a sudden, he just starts playing it, and I look over. I was like, our, <laughs> like our eyes met, and I was like, he just kind of like nods like, the bar. You know what I'm doing, motherfucker? Yeah. I was like, dude, I just sit there by myself and just started singing along. It was just like bobbing my head, like, dude, you got yeah. Copperhead I, Road for real? Copperhead you know? Road. That's a that's a that's a dick. It's it's about a dick. No, it's about uh, it's called Copperhead Road. Yeah, about Copperhead dis- is like the shape, liquor, of, the, and then later, the shape uh, of the guy's dick sort of looked like weed, a rattlesnake. Or, or growing weed and, and distilling liquor. That's what's about. You know, it's like I, I got up there and I just looked at that crowd and it's like I didn't see somebody getting off and I made him get off. <laughs> I made that guy get off. This guy was did. And Brad was the guy. It turned me around. I didn't care who was around me. I was like, nope, fuck it. I'm singing this song. We, had a, we had a moment. It was It was great. Dude, Brad, what did you put in my glass? I feel like the silliest guy in the world right now. I have this big grin on my face because I'm drinking some soup that uh, you poured into my glass, and it's fucking delicious. Well, I'll let Scotch talk about this because he was involved in this whole incident. Well, yeah, it, it, we literally, myself and Zach, are drinking the newly released Hoisting Heavy Haze, yeah. which last call did a collab with, with our good friends that do another podcast called Hoisting Heavies. And they're like, how many percent is it? They're like 14%. All right. <laughs> it's We're a, hoisting heavy. It, it's 8.9. Jesus Christ. Just shy of nine. Josh and Ed just trying to get me fucked up. They're like, oh, I just, I hope Zach doesn't have to drive home. Well, I told them at, at their release party, I was drinking at night. I might have gotten through uh, a three rather quickly, which was not a good call. <laughs> But uh, I said, man, this beer is dangerous and delicious. And I bet you said, I bet you said, Brad thinks this beer is delicious. Because you know what Brad does? He talks about himself in the third person when he gets really drunk. Uh, I'll say, hey, Walter Ramirez did a hell of a job. This is like everybody that's talking about it is saying like it's 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 an improvement from the last one. It's the the Hoisting Heavy Haze 2.0. Gosh, dang. I never had the 1.0, but the 2.0 is pretty good. The one the one had just a little bit more like maybe a little bit booziness to it. This one is just it's sneaky. smooth. It's sneaky and smooth, and man, at, at one point during the show, because I, I played during their release party, which was I was so stoked to be able to play with them, and they, I was playing uh, Violent Femmes, uh, Blister in the Sun, oh, and my jam. in the middle of the second set, I'd had about at least three. Because I, I usually don't drink when I play, because I, 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 it alters the brain a little bit, and you start forgetting lyrics. You had three whatever. of these fucking things? I had three of these fucking things. Oh, nice. Dude. I was on my third. <laughs> and at one point, I'm just playing the lick, and all of a sudden, my fingers just weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, and I, I actually, when I stopped, and I got done, I looked at the guy, like, I sit at the table next to me, he's like, look at me weird. I'm like... Too many beers, man. I don't know what to do. The hoisting heavy haze. So. Oh man, it's right. a great show. So you, so you, who all are you? All three drinking the hoisting heavy haze 2.0? No, yeah. I'm actually on on a little bit different. Um, this is uh, the, the day after. I woke up with a little fuzzy head, but I had promised Walter Ramirez, the uh, the uh, brewmaster at last call. Uh, he needed to make a little trip to Sacramento, and I was like, yeah, let's go, man. So we went up, and we, we visited a few different breweries, but we, the first one we went to was Claim Steak Brewing, Sacramento, California. If you've never been there, I, I actually, I think it's not Sacramento. It's one of the— Like Elk Grove-ish? Yeah, no. no, it's it's one of the other little offshoots. 
there's a few. I'm so not Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> so savvy. Anyway. Sacramento savvy, but we were in the Sacramento area. Look it up, Claim State Brewing. But uh, the actual uh, the brewer there is is his name's TK. He's a great dude. He used to Blake, uh, brew at Blaker. He was one of Blaker's first brewers. So uh, cool dude. He gave us some beers, and he gave me uh, it was a fresh pour that they had just released. The MF and Kenny Hopkiss. Tropical IPA, six point nine percent. I like the uh, the graphic. So yeah, they do the graphics for uh, for some of the last call beers. They they, they have a beer called the uh, Street Cart Sour that they they have a guy that does the uh, the graphics for all their stuff. So nice, uh, cool graphics. Clam Steak Brewing, check them out in Sacramento. And uh, Walter and I had a great time. That's fucking awesome. So I'm drinking uh, Diet Pepsi and Grenadine. <laughs> Big surprise. But hey, a whiskey in there? No, there's a little bit of makers, but 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 I I got a, a birthday gift from uh, oh, yeah. Zach and Lisa, and they got me the artisan. None of this Rosa's <laughs> low level stuff. It's artisan grenadine. Artisan grenadine. It says. Oh, I thought there was like kombucha over there. No, no, I know. it's yeah. the it's Lieber and Co. Real grenadine. It says crafted in Austin, Texas. Well, you know. When we, we worked on some new songs, you just heard one for the Drinking the Director the other night, and I was very proud of myself because I had some grenadine, and I was like, hey, Nate, look, I have grenadine at my house, and now apparently it's not real grenadine, so <laughs> suddenly I don't feel as cool anymore. Actually, that, it was really cool. I We, we roll in to do our music show, and then on the counter, there's there's Diet Pepsi's grenadine and snacks he's like i know you like your snacks i was like has there ever been a more neat room than that no those 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 chip bags were emptied (laughs) destroyed he's like what we're gonna do a pod you got any loud bags (laughs) we were just making music all right so we're drinking with the director some people have requested a drink with uh, damon and affleck so if you'd like to pose the questions gus van zant the director we're just saying we love you gus van zant this movie's amazing but Affleck and Damon fucking carried you. Who, 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 who roasted right? So for anyone that doesn't know, right, they, they, this is their sort of baby script. And the funny, the, the interesting story behind that one, right, is it's originally a script that's like, you know, there's the genius Will Hunting from Southie, but then he goes off on, it's kind of like a, a, a mystery, or like a thriller, where like, you know, he's sort of like, oh, maybe he doesn't, by he the can't CIA. remember. It's kind of by the Jason Bourne. He can't remember who he yeah, is. Yeah, but it's more like, you know, the NSA and he's c- cracking codes and this kind of stuff. And and so I think it had like part of the movie in it, but then it kind of goes off in a different direction. And the early feedback they got was like, no, 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 you, you want know, the do relationship. You know who, do you know who gave him that feedback though? Was first Rob Reiner, and then William Gold Goldman, who's like one of the famous screenwriters of all time, Princess Bride, and all sorts of stuff. He kind of like co-signed and was like, yeah, take out that NSA stuff, not needed. I also noticed that uh, you know uh, Affleck who collaborated with kevin smith kevin smith was like an executive producer on this they say they in, in fact in in pretty recent interviews they came out and were like if this if kevin it wasn't for kevin smith this movie doesn't get made there's no way because a lot of it was very kevin smith to me a lot of the monologue type stuff it was it was better i, I sorry kevin but it was better kevin smith it was like really high level <laughs> kevin smith the, the problem is is though the, the reason it got made was because kevin smith put it he was a miramax dude and he put it in the hands of harvey we, uh, weinstein so ooh the very predatory hands of harvey yes. and, and so did Harvey just washed his hands of all the Hollywood actresses and 
to pick up the script. Well, the, 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 I mean, speaking to that point, Harvey Weinstein said Mini Driver is not attractive enough for the, the lead role. Oh, that's wild. On brand. That's a wild. <laughs> Way to go, Harvey. <laughs> that's like, a wild take. He's like, I want to try out a few other girls. God damn, I that love, guy's a dirty piece of shit. I wonder shit. if that's just I because the she refused to service his chode. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Why would? Yeah. God, I hope she did. <laughs> You hope she did? I hope she did refuse it. I hope she was able to stay away from fucking... That's a wild statement. (laughs) Oh, I hope she serviced his joke. No, I'm saying I hope she had the wherewithal to stay away from fucking Jabba the Hutt. Oh, God, yeah. That guy is such a piece. He's so gross. All right, so, Scotty, I know you got some stuff for the the, the Zant, though. So what do you you want to ask? So, yeah, a couple things I was thinking about was... So Robin Williams, you know, he's famous for ad-libbing. And this movie doesn't seem like an ad lib type of film. And so it's like, how much of a leash was on him? And did they let him riff a little bit? And, and was there any ad libbing in this? And so that's, I'm kind of curious to see. It's like, with a film like this, obviously it's a serious role. It's not him. It's not like Good Morning Vietnam. They say, go, you know? And, right. Because you know, I heard there's just. So a, su- supposedly, the, 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 my wife like, woke herself up from farting was ad libbed. So that okay. whole little like well, that laugh is one of yeah, the, so my favorite laughs in the history of, the of film laughs, so, dude. Matt so, Damon is laughing so hard and so real. So that's supposed to that, that's okay. exactly it. Is like I think Damon didn't like this was Matt Robin Williams cracking Matt Damon up, and, and, and like cinephiles have looked and they said that you can see that the camera bounces a little bit oh. as the cameraman was actually laughing oh, in wow. those takes. Too. It's the most contagious laugh too because yeah. we were watching it last night. My wife wasn't even really paying attention <laughs> to the movie, and yeah. we both were laughing so hard with them. Th- and it was fucking great. I think it's I also w- read that the the last line of the film, "The son of a bitch, he stole my line," was ad lib. That, that was ad lib. Yeah. But w- w- in that laughing scene, though, it's funny because it almost when you listen to him go into that delivery of that line, it's when he completely kind of goes away from the accent, and it sounds like sounds like Robin Williams, Williams yeah. doing uh-huh. doing a stand up. Or it actually kind of reminded me of of, of uh, Best of Times, like just kind of like the way he kind of talked in Best of Times. So it was just. You mean the really great movie, Gress- that Don't makes me happy. Times? Don't you, compare it. One of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies, Best of Times. Don't, com- <laughs> don't compare those two movies. Quentin Tarantino loves Best of Times. And Quentin Tarantino, who we've all decided after Scott's text the other day, we were like, <laughs> who's the like, most person that you respect their talent, but you think is the most unbearable human being that's ever I, watched? I, I started that, but he won me back over by saying Best of Times is one of the greatest movies. <laughs> he actually didn't say that. He just said he loves Best of Times. Well, he knew you were listening. He's full of shit. He's manipulating you. So uh, earlier you posed Zach like the 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 thought that maybe maybe uh, they don't work out at Stanford. I don't uh, think it does, dude. So, but here's my question. Way. Here's what here's here's what I want to know. More core to the movie. Does Will stay in touch with Chucky and with the with the guys? 100%. Are, are they friends that's, forever? That's my. I I could care less about his relationship with Mini Driver. I'm more concerned about his friendship with with Chucky and and uh, Will uh, Morgan and Will and moves back Philly. to Southie two weeks later. <laughs> I don't. I hate to tell you guys. But he's back, and he's like, can you get me on with the fucking throwing cinderbox? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't work out. I, car, I mean, but Carr made it, though, all the way there and back. But he had three days with Skyler where they were in love, and everything was great, and then he fucking overreacted to some shit and fucking... Like punched got a little physical. Punched a hole in the wall. Yeah, for, no. For right. Chucky's exactly. like, Chucky's yeah. like, well, you took your fucking shot. Yeah, All hey, right, fuck. I mean, sometimes. 
<laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out a good time to put this in, and I think I'll take this time now because we're talking about him going west to meet up with Skylar or whatever. And I have, I have a little theory that it, so his whole leaving, because it's, it's interesting because they set it up with he's talking to Sean about how he had this job interview. They show him going, waiting for the job interview or whatever. And he's saying, yeah, I met the, my new boss. He seems like a cool guy, whatever. Then literally he gets the car and then he's fucking leaving. And so I have this theory basically that Will Hunting basically is responsible for the shitty work ethic of millennials. <laughs> because... <laughs> They're like, I'm smart like him. I'm wicked smart. But they're like, no, I I got this job and, you know, but I'm just going to go do what I want to do. I'm going to go, you know, see about a girl. And it's like, he gets this fucking job. He's happy with it. All of a sudden he just leaves. And he's like, tell tell, tell the professor that I'm sorry about the job or whatever. And it's just like, that's just not a a good example to set. The only obstacle in his way from going west was not having a car. Exactly, and so all of a sudden, he once just, the he, car shows up, all bets like that's I, all he was waiting for. I love, oh, I have that, a car? He, I love I that he takes it. He's young; he should do it. Like, but yeah, fuck, dude, I get but, but, it. But bro. it's a bad example. People, you know, kids watching it's this great movie, example. Like, he was going to get a paycheck, buy a car, and go on his own. So what? He was just waiting for his first paycheck. Yeah. It's the only reason he took the job. Yeah, exactly. And then, so like, I've worked in, in I worked in advertising years ago, and it's it's amazing how entitled a lot of these kids were coming in because I was in my thirties when I was at this job. And these 24-year-olds just out of college, and they want a raise after like three months. And if they don't get the raise, then they go to another company, and they get the raise from them. And it's just like... Dude, it's literally the most romantic thing I can think of is like fucking off a job to go see about a girl. Like, that's the fucking dopest shit (laughs) on the planet. I mean, I, I, I never even thought about that, that he kind of like just ditches the job. He gets this great job. He's stoked. I love it. He likes the guy, his new boss. He tells Sean, yeah, he seems like a good guy. I like my boss. They say, you know, fuck off. I'm going to see about a girl. So these dudes are both Red Sox fans too. And, and my biggest concern is, is there <laughs> anybody that the fucking really Pedro Martinez era? <laughs> does not go to the World Series when you have a, you have a World Series ticket? I've been I've been lucky enough to be uh, at three World Series games, and I can tell you I don't care who the fuck I'm meeting that night. Oh, you're saying that you don't believe that Robin Williams? Fell I'm going so to in love that with his fucking wife. game. All right, Brad. Are we bought let, 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 no, let me ask think, you a real question. I think that's a terrible. Now, you know, take. I'm not like a huge baseball fan. Oh, that's also figure out whatever it is that I'm a huge fan of. You know, I would do that shit. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking about that, I'm, but I'm trying, think, like, is, I'm trying to think what you would be into. But like, the I problem mean, is Nate's not that big a fan of anything. I, I, I'm kind of <laughs> of you have to understand. We, we have to put this in context too. We're talking about Boston Red Sox, who had the curse of the Bambino on. They had not won since. I mean, eras, and this is a chance to like. You're describing Push it to a game seven where they have a chance to win a World Series. There is no way if you are a legit Southeast Boston Red Sox fan, you are not going to ditch your homies, Brad, for a woman. Do you know? I mean, do you realize how hairy ass, weird looking, long armed Robin Williams <laughs> got that chick, dude? There is no way he fucking won that woman over by being like. I'm going to walk away from this fucking World Series game. Yeah. And as soon as she found that shit out, she was like, oh, my God. He Big sacrifice. Yeah, dude, that's fucking so that's romantic. Baller, nah. That's, that wins. <laughs> honestly, dude, honestly, we did a draft earlier. Uh, most, morant- most, most romantic, romantic gestures. gestures. That might be the most romantic gesture. Did we not draft that one? It was or? drafted. Oh. No, it was not. 
not going me? to the World Series to hang out with his wife, Robin Williams? That there was 100% was no way. drafted. There's a thousand percent. I will bet you all the money that I have in my wallet, which is $14. Okay, I have all the drafts on, <laughs> like, on my phone. Look I'm looking up. this up right now. Look it up. I am okay. Hold on. It was like Christmas. I think we did Love Actually, right? Uh-huh. It was yeah, that most romantic it was, uh, gesture. It was our second most popular Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> okay, we had to have talked about also. <laughs> didn't. It did we not get drafted. I swear, no. it didn't even get mentioned. I, I that, he played the also random card. I think you owe Zach fourteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god my damn, Lord! How did we not? That's like one of the most romantic gestures ever. Hey. Right, which is exactly it should have been a number Zach's one pick. Point. Which is why it's so improbable. Wouldn't you love to tell the story of the way you met your m- wife and you were like, the Warriors were in the finals and I was the biggest fan ever. I was wearing a Steph Curry jersey with my nipples exposed yeah. and <laughs> fucking and I just said, all I of a sudden I saw her from across the room and I was like, I'm not going to go to game seven against LeBron James. And it, I mean, you maybe I'm a different kind lose. of sports fan, but I'm just saying like, you, are. you didn't no. know they're going to lose, but you, you can tell the story later and be like, yeah, they lost and LeBron beat us. I mean, I went, to, I went to two world series games with my wife. So I will say that two of them, I went with my wife. The first one I was like, Hey honey, I'm, I'm off the world series later. Yeah. But you were already <laughs> married, bro. Man. This is you, you are vastly like insanely misunderstanding them romantic just I, I just I, I think you're with your friends you are so pumped about the Red Sox there's no chance that you do not go to that game if you're, you got to be Sean so what's kind of cool about this little scene there's a little subtle another reinforcement of how tight of a friend of friends they are because the first thing that that will says is dude your friends let let you get away with this shit like because he knows that his buddies would not let him get away with it you know so it's kind of cool that he just says Dude, there's no way that we would let some guy go off with some chick with this movie. But, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, because there's two things. There's either one, he just voluntarily was like, I'm so into this chick right now. I'm going to stay here. and, and Or, yeah, she, was, exactly or was. she was like, why don't you just stay no. here with me? Like, she's not into sports. She's just like, why don't you just stay with me? Like, like let's just hang out here. Even if she was, just the fact that he stays there, there's nothing you can do to taint. The fucking awesomeness of the gesture. Uh, I just, I, I, I think it was bad writing. I, oh my god! <laughs> wow. All right, so, 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 jumping back in though, I want, I want to like, what I want to ask and what I would want to like, sort of kick <laughs> it's around. Bad with, writing. With, <laughs> Brad's like, if I wouldn't do it, no one should ever do it. Fuck I'm just analyzing the characters and saying like, oh, if I, he's I, a he, he knows everything about Pudge. He knows everything about the whole Red the Sox. Everything like you're he, that big a fan. He's a pretty romantic, but he, but he's a pretty. I mean, he's he's obviously pretty stuck on this chick, and he was pretty like romantic about her even years after she passed. Exactly, dude. He even says, are you going to get remarried? He's like, my wife, well, my is, wife dead. is dead. The, yeah. saving, the saving grace is when he says, I didn't know fucking Pudge was going to hit a home run. Like yeah. that, that yeah. definitely. No, I mean, you it, know, okay. but, but, but this is exactly, so, so this, what I really want to get into is like, and I, this came up a little bit earlier where we were, I, you know, did, can Sean really bench 285 or is he just saying that? He can't. And I, and I, well, but, but I think, I also think, and I've thought this for a long time, I think he picks a number. Like, I don't think he actually can. And I don't Agreed. think the character thinks he can. So he can't bench that. So he lies about that shit, but he also, he can le- bench. He also doesn't go with his friends of the World Series. Like, he can, he can do that, but he can't bench 285. Brad, Brad I see, I, I think he can bench 285. It. I think he's a fucking, like, just little short, stocky stud that just puts it up. I was hoping that we would do 45 minutes on whether or not he would ditch out on the World Series game. So, <laughs> so I, I, had a, I had a guy with, sorry, 
little sidebar, but talking about bench pressing, uh, Dennis Miller, a guy I went to high school with, he's a year ahead of me. I always remember I used to get so pissed because he would put all this weight, he, and he was, you know, pretty ripped. He put but all this weight on, do it. and he would put his arms as wide as possible, and literally he'd be going like down like like, like an inch. Yeah. He had short ass arms, but he was but he was benching like fucking three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. And he had these little short arms, but anyway, it's, it's always unfair. the five eight yeah. two forty guy that's yeah. like. I can bench 480 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, because you don't have to lower the yeah, bar range, at all. Your range of motion is four total inches. <laughs> I get it, bro. You're huge. I get it. Um, okay, so but what I want to, I mean, I I want to dive in a little to, like, what, what Sean's character is doing at different points. So, like, he obviously doesn't choke well to make a, I don't think, that, you know, that's a, that come, he, he seems to be coming at that sincerely, which is he's 100%. fucking pissed. I think they do a good job of depicting that too. But but, it, but it, I think they do a great job. And I love, one of the things I always notice this little thing is like, he takes his glasses off slowly before Will says mm-hmm. the final thing, like you're banging oh, somebody, because he knows, he's already we're, like. We're getting in on one of, one of my Uh-oh. future takes. Okay, well, so what, <laughs> but, but all I wanted, but like, it, it lines up perfectly, right? Because that scene, those two scenes in a row where he chokes him. Yeah. And then he sits on the bench with him. And he, like, in those two scenes, they're a perfect mirror for the scene that comes very, you know, not very long before that, which is, for me, maybe one of the greatest scenes in movie history, which is the bar scene. Yeah, but the the scene at the lake where they're sitting there looking at the water and he's talking to him doesn't happen if he doesn't establish to- some sort of dominance over Matt I, I, I told, And this is exactly my point, is yeah. that, like, the bar scene, right, is so, so for me, so beautiful because, like, it demonstrates this sort of, like, the natural incongruity between Damon's, like, physical toughness and his mental toughness. Right. Right? And, like, that what's, that's sort of what makes him unique, right, is that, like, he, he's this, like, very scrappy, very, like, you know, bare-knuckle guy that can run laps around you about American history at a gradual level. So, Sean, right, in a sense, right, like inadvertently has occasion to like show him that you know i'll choke you out tell him hey no, not only can am i choke you out way but stronger I'm, than you i'm gonna fucking put my hands on you exactly yeah, that's exactly. a guy that can bench 285 and, and, and i think like the nuance to that point is is not even like it's it, see i think people miss the miss the point right it's not even in the bar that like we're sure that matt damon can beat up the michael bolton club. doesn't matter we were pretty sure it's just that he's like i, I you can't just say anything to me no because there's going to be a point at which, like, if you challenge me and disrespect me in a certain way, we're going to make it's going to become physical. Damon knows he's already cowed that guy, so he can say anything he wants. To. Right, and, and so this is like there's a level of respect that comes, but 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 that's not enough, right? There's plenty of dudes that like would would but would like chest up to Damon, but then he sits him down at the lake and he kind of befuddles him a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. he explains to 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 Will something that Will hadn't thought carefully about, right. which is that like. Right. His intellectual way of interacting with people isn't very interesting because, like, everything he's regurgitating is learned from books. And and Sean is like, you know, like, you're an interesting person. But I don't want to hear all your shit. Because I've been through some experience. Right. Exactly. And so, like, there's, like, this w- interesting, like, one-two punch that happens that, for me, is, like, the, the heart of their relationship. And so some of what I'm curious about is, like, how much of this we look at, like— is he reacting when he sits him by the lake from a really raw place? Or did he go, okay, wait a minute, that happened, but the way that I can use that is to really, like, soften him up by talking to him about it in this way. 
And I think that's right. Like, I think Sean's a brilliant therapist. Right? Well, yeah, he couldn't have expected to all of a sudden be like, oh, I'm choking this dude at the end of my first session. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that wasn't like, planned. <laughs> right. So, of course, at that point, he's got to like, okay, what's my game plan now? Like, I'm he's, honestly, he's got to like regroup. I'm honestly super bummed to hear you guys say that like this was originally like some sort of weird CIA, like secret agent movie. Because up until this, up until like an hour ago, I was like, man, fucking Affleck and Damon, they just fucking made this like amazing emotional movie. But apparently they had to be bullied into it by fucking Harvey <laughs> by Weinstein. Weinstein. But yeah, did, you, did, you, did you guys hear the story, though, that that's the craziest story about this whole movie is that to figure out who had actually read the script and who hadn't, that on, on page 60 of their script, they put a scene between Will and Chucky having sex. <laughs> And some people showed up, like, not even worried about it. Like, people like, yeah, were just like, eh, yeah, we're just not interested in this script right now. But it's nobody would bring Affleck. this shit up. <laughs> they said that, uh, uh, I think it was, again, Harvey Weinstein that got the, the script. And he was like, I mean, this is great. He's like, but what what is going on on page 60? Like, what happened here? Like, <laughs> so they knew that he had read it. This could be complete, like, uh, 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 I mean, dramatization or some some fabrication or whatever. But that's... That's I read that shit somewhere on the internet. That's just because Harvey Weinstein takes every script and word searches sex, sex, and then you know he, he was actually like, "I'm that, super interested in this." Page like, sixty. There's uh, some uh, interesting. Uh, how material. many? How many beautiful women are going to be in this? Yeah. Oh wait, wait, no. uh, guys, guys having sex? No, no, no. <laughs> he was probably like, "I'm still in," <laughs> and did like the weird uh, job of the hut thing. <laughs> <laughs> his tongue came out, like yeah, touched exactly. his like lower jowls. Jared <laughs> Hutt licks his neck. What else? Uh, we, what else we asking? So. Uh, Oh, man. I, I, something that's always been a little bit strange to me was the choice of Minnie Driver to use her actual accent. And st- oh, it's so good. But it's like, it's, it's a little strange just because like, well, they're all Boston and whatever. Like, why wouldn't she be in America? It's just, it's always been a little strange. Like, I was, I'm curious about the choice of why. Because Will's different and she's different too, bro. That's why they fucking connect. I mean, Harvard's an international school. I mean, there's a lot of folks that come from all over the world to go to Harvard. I mean, it's it's not like in fact she couldn't get recruited. Some, I mean, I, I wonder what the percentage of Boston native Bostonians that are out actually Harvard. go to Harvard. Got probably really small, really low, very small. Yeah, it just it, seemed like a weird choice when I first walked. I don't know why it just kind of stuck out to me. It's like, okay, why is she? You know. Have this accent from that's interesting because I love that choice. I don't know. I just from the very beginning I thought it was just a little bit weird. So I never thought much about the choice except that I always love the way she tells the Irish joke. It's the best. And always laugh because like her her native accent is not Irish, right? It's Welsh or British, something like that. But anyway, but so she like, but I think it's called European, bro. Look at us Americans not know. Get I mate. But it's <laughs> Well, we were just in Europe this summer. We should know this. But it's close enough that she like can do a funny like she can do a good, legit right. Irish accent in that joke. And it's just great. Like like the delivery of that joke is one of my, you know, favorite and, and you see so Zach earlier you described Hold on, hold on, as, let me on that same point though, I think also it's like as a British woman who doesn't have a whole lot of friends, like nice, she came like the friends or anything. She's probably considered like a little bit of an outsider, so she's got maybe a couple close friends. But it's like, oh, I can I can attach myself to this guy because I don't uh, have a whole lot of. I close don't friends. get that vibe at all from her. I don't I don't get the like I'm gonna attach myself to this guy vibe from her. 
Well, she, I feel like she needs she needs a father figure, man. And I feel like and she's kind of leading things. Will's got some authority. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what about the? So you call her a manic pixie dream girl, which yes. I never know for sure what you mean by that. I just mean that it's a girl that you meet that's beautiful. That the main character is always a male, most yeah. of the time. They meet a woman that's super energetic, super high energy, super positive. Silly at the right times. Exactly. Silly at all times, has something funny and witty to say. That's like the ultimate manic pixie dream. So I I think, though, that that like compare her, for example, to uh, Kate Hudson's character, Penny Lane from Almost Famous, which is the other one that's like the ultimate, right? Exact same thing. So, I mean... Both of those characters, though, have a lot of depth relative to a no, lot of for female sure. I'm not saying that they can't interests. be. They can't be dark, or they can't be, or they can't be like a, a deeper character than just a super happy character. But for the most part, they're yeah. super upbeat and super happy characters, right? Yeah, I guess I never saw her that way. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I definitely agree that there's like a depiction of her on the date and then all with the friends. But it was also like, so like one of the things I like about when she comes out with friends is like, she's obviously trying to impress them. Like she's trying to be one of the guys and in a way that like, because she likes Damon, but, but I'm saying it's like in a very real way to me, right? Like it, it felt to me, not like a woman who just is supposed to be always saying funny, crude jokes. She was like, I saved my best funniest like crude joke so i could be one of the guys i think she's and got 50 qu- more jokes i think she does qu- too okay. but i'm saying but i don't think they're trying to play her off as though like she's just this like perfect you know kind of like blend in woman i think they're playing off like she's a cool chick that like has some dimensions i mean you know we all have we all have wives and women that we know that i think she just happens exactly to be cool that. like that speaking yeah. of of like i have a question about her when chucky goes up to her his first little play where he uh, he does a little side to side, which is oh, my favorite so thing. Oh my god! <laughs> he's looking at himself in the mirror as yeah. he's getting himself Got over to that, and they're like, these Hello. Yeah. So he gets up to her and he starts to say like, and she immediately says, "Do you come here often?" Like, is she just trying to play him? Like, that's 100%. what dudes always say. Is she, she knew just, exactly what he was doing. That's so, a thousand percent. Well, so, no, no, no. She doesn't. Ask, she's not meaning to ask him that. Well, she's she's, she's, she's finishing, she's his, finishing sentence. his sentence because As, that's what I'm saying. Is is she just being a bitch to him? Like I don't think she's being a bitch at all. Dude she's, up? I think she's fucking flirting with him before she before he can flirt with her. And I and I don't think she's necessarily think interested she's, because she's like obviously this guy's coming to hit on us right now. Right. Like he's doing this shit. Yeah, she's not into him at all. She's just playing along. But yes. she's but she's, she's good. She's up for a little. But she's up. But for she's up for the banter, which makes her the manic pixie dream girl. Because even if. You're not the right dude. She's still going to be cool to you. She's not going to fucking be well, yeah, cold. Because dude thinks he's coming in to like save her, and then she she hates on him, too. So she's like, totally. get the fuck away from me. So. Yeah, so, so I agree that that scene and her reaction to him maybe is the best case you have for Manic Pixie Green. Green. I think all of it. I mean, I mean, I her, know, her, my problem she's with her. She's also not like overly like My problem with her up. is that, no, I, I mean. She's beautiful, but I'm saying she's not like. Now you're, even, now you're, you're getting all Weinstein on me. <laughs> She's not beautiful <laughs> enough, though, okay? Me and Harv just <laughs> talked about it. Oh, no. Wow. No, j- just to be clear, I- I'm not saying she's not beautiful at all. I- I'm simply saying that, like, the choice of outfits, hair and makeup, like, it's not, she doesn't, she's not presented as though she's, like, super done up the whole movie. That's why she's the pa- Manic Pixie Dream Girl, because the Manic like Pixie natural. Dream Girl is, like, super, is, like, very beautiful, 
but not. But she doesn't like she's trying too hard. Exactly, yeah, no, that's dude. Fair. That's fair. Exactly. Okay, well, I, I Manic like... Pixie Dream Girl doesn't have to fucking even put on makeup. She wakes up beautiful. I, I'm sorry. And I'm, then she's I'm... super funny and makes you pancakes and then sends you off to work. And then after work, <laughs> after you have a shitty day, your boss talks shit to you. You come home and she's like wearing something super cute and like is like, can I cook you something else? Or maybe we can go play bass fishing or whatever. There's. <laughs> Yours would be. Uh, play whatever. <laughs> whatever I'm, you're... <laughs> I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think that manic pixie green girl is just whatever Zach's like fantasy of the no, day. No, I'm is. just saying, like for your for 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 your example, she would be like, yeah, let's, I'm like, just. No, I, I love it. Like, like yeah. you know, playing bass fishing is one of my favorite things I, to do. I'm wearing an right. apron <laughs> and I'm naked underneath it, and I want to bass fish. Got it. Okay, so um, if that's playing bass fishing, I'm in. <laughs> I, 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 bro, I, I never wear anything but an apron on my boat. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're moving on to uh, our next category here because as much as we like to talk to uh, Van Zant and Damon and uh, Affleck, we, we've got things to do. We completely ignored Affleck and Damon. That's all right. Who cares? We've I'm got good. other things to do. Maybe we've got something like... Is it a one-night stand, or do you hit it with a shovel, or take it home to mom and dad? It's like, fuck, marry or kill, it's Shag Snack Body Bag. Snack Shag Body Bag. Dude, it's like a professional podcast. Who knows what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) One year in, and we were like, oh, god damn, we're professionals now. (laughs) Hey, man, I love that song. So, somehow... While that song was eating a, a hailstorm of snacks, just <laughs> while that song was fell, <laughs> I mean, while that song was, uh, they call that a Freudian slip. <laughs> while that song was playing, a hailstorm of snacks just mm. hit the Bev's table, and so literally, there's just we mouths destroyed full. them. I, I mean, there's there was just a table full of dudes that realized. We've been drinking way too much and not eating enough, and we have to soak some shit up. Nate, yeah. Nate brought some cookies out that are the sugariest cookies I've ever really eaten good. in my life. Holy and a, shit. And a fucking 28-bag snack pack of, I did. of the chips. chips. I've mm. got type 42 diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to do Snack Shack Body Bag, but I'm going to mix it up just because I can. Oh. Oh, okay. We're going to start with Body Bag. What? Really? I want to know the Body Bags first. Okay. Before we get I've into got, the rest. Can I go first? Yeah, go. So so my body bag is one of my favorite characters is Skylar in this movie. And I hate the way that she reacts to I mean I mean it's tough to tell from the timeline of the movie how how much time they've spent together. Right. But her reaction to him being like, I'm not sure if I want to move across the country with you is a little over the top for me. I get that she's into it. And that, you know, they have this relationship going, but... So you think it's a little soon for her to ask him? No. I don't think the ask is soon. Oh. I think that her reaction to him being hesitant is intense and 
I don't know. I don't so, love. So it. you're not blaming him how, for being how like, I've never been out of Southie. I don't want to leave. No, no, no. I totally get his position. Okay. My, I guess my body bag is just the only thing. Like, I think this movie hits a lot of like the emotional highs for me. And that one moment, I like it. And I and I think her response is something that could totally happen and be totally actually real. But I don't. I don't like that for her character. I feel like she's 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 a rich girl that's been well traveled, has been all over the place. I, it would probably be difficult for her to be like, wait a second, you just don't want to like take a little trip. You're just going. But, you're, you're not but, even but, leaving but, the but, nation. But, but you're, you're going. You're, you're going to a different state. That's not a big deal. But isn't your point, Zach, that it's too soon for her to be that Seems emotionally quick. invested? Well, so the, my question though is, what's the timeline here? I mean, well, I don't know. Do it's, we have any? Do, do we have any good time markers? If we're like. If we're like six months, see that's what I'm thinking. Like he spends a lot a- of time. He, he's he's obviously doing months worth of. He, he's clearly have done many months worth of sessions with with Sean. Right? Can we agree on that? I just personally don't think that. I don't think that after six months of therapy with Robin Williams, he's gonna like commit to a relationship. I understand that, but I'm, my point is, if it's been six months when Skylar brings it up, that's plenty it, of time for I agree her to with be that. super bummed. I agree with that. So, and, and it's pretty near the end, right, when that whole shit goes down. We think, I mean, uh, this is an interesting question for this one because there really isn't a good time scale for the it movie. It seems short. There's another uh, scene that actually it was interesting to me because it kind of, the time seems weird. The very first time that Will's doing math with um, Professor Lambeau, and then he goes up to the, and he does the thing. The high and they five. do the high, the high five. five and then he rubs his th- head. And it's like fucking literally the first time they're hanging out. Oh, no. Out. I, 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 it, but, but I think that's, so two comments. One, I always read that as not being the first time. Like, I think right. they're, they're showing us, like, dropping us into the, the, but it, the eighth time. But it, but it literally is the first time, which you don't really know as you're watching it the first time. And now it's like, oh, whatever. But yeah, it feels weird now because so, why is he rubbing his head? And uh, totally, and yeah. it, it feels like it, it actually to me it feels a little out of character for the Lambeau character. Although Lambeau's kind of like, he well, he's sort of, looking he's for that weird next dude, the yeah. next, the next. Yeah, he's all over the place. Savant, he's looking yeah. for that that. Secret, well, that he's looking for that next yeah. undergrad that wants to fuck him. Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so much of that oh, that's that's talked yeah. about. So, so one one take that's super deep here because we, you know there's just too much to talk about here. He's the greatest villain that does like nothing consequentially villainous. Right. Like, exactly. Nothing that affects he, the story. He's terrible. Like in a lot of important ways, but in it, all the ways. And, he and sucks it, pretty he much. He sucks, but he's just kind of like he, that's not the point. And so we never see him play out his villainy, but he's a villain. Well, yeah, because he invites that, just that one douche. girl that's just like, hey, we want to know who won. He's like, no, have a drink with, drink with me. In the, creepiest, and then in the creepiest part. First time Matt Damon's in with uh, uh, with uh, Bill Plimpton, like when he comes out, he's already like macking on this girl yeah. that's just sitting yeah. there. It's like jazz and or it's whatever just he's just like, <laughs> just so yeah. And she's like, mm, so okay, self-important. Yeah, whatever. God, no, so, well, let me, let me say, so my, this goes right into my body bag, which is my body bag is, I want more of the the guys together, his homies. I want Chuck. I want I want Morgan. I want Billy. I want them all together a lot more in this movie than the math shit. Like I know the math shit's like important and that kind of sets. Did up you a lot think of the they stuff. were too heavy handed on the math shit though? Because I felt like they did like an appropriate amount of like, oh, I'm astounded by this math, and then they kind of moved on. Uh, I'll just say the one moment that really bothers me, and it just, I guess it just bothers me about the pretension of of academia is when the TA 
starts consoling that one professor who like, you're yeah. super smart. He's like, you're you're a you're brilliant, brilliant man. I'm like, oh my god! Like I love sycoph- that part. The, 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 being an absolute sycophant like that, where you're just like, you have to like you're a TA. You have to kiss ass to all these guys that just like you're just wishing you were them. And then getting owned by the Southie dude, and it's like, oh, you're a brilliant well, man. The best well, part of that about that scene is, is at the end, is Professor Lambeau. He's he, at, he walks out all pissed off because he got and, and he's Lambeau's delighted. Like, little grin. He's like, yeah. oh, I fucked over my colleague. Totally, I, I brought him. This I noticed kid. that this time. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah. He, like another moment of villainy. So he's he's yeah he's destroying his colleagues that who probably have a little bit pretentious, a little bit like full of themselves. But his poor TH. Oh, you're you're such a brilliant man. I just. God, I hate that scene so much. I'm like the, the TA oh. is such a like you know wiener too. You know, like and he tries that's, to like he that's tries one of the like, reasons why I like it. He tries to talk to Matt Damon douche. at some point where he's like, oh, you you just don't understand how much attention he's giving you, and you should be you should be so respectful of that. It's just like come on. Oh, and, oh, and the best part is Lambeau comes in, is like, hey, can you get us some coffee? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know what I will say based on my impression and some very various experiences. They do kind of nail the academia on a bunch of sides. So like, yeah. the grad students that are that that he like goes toe to toe with in the Harvard bar, they both look and act exactly like I would expect graduate students to act. In the grad in the class when he finishes lecturing, it's a you know you know it's a graduate class because he says you probably already have this as undergrads, and they they applaud. No one would ever applaud at the end of a lecture in undergrad class, but you can imagine like graduate students being sort of like. Thinking that he's famous. Oh, right? because he's a, yeah, he's because he's this Fields Medal winner. So at MIT, medal. fuck yeah, uh, yeah. So the, the, they nail a lot of that stuff, I think, and and including maybe the like TA who's kind of like a little puppy dog, you know, like. Well, blah, blah, he blah. tells at the beginning, he's like, if you have any questions, I'm sure I'm Tom sure has Tom the has the answers. Yeah, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden that guy's they all like, get up as soon as he's getting yeah. introduced. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk to Tom, <laughs> but still, <laughs> it's the, at the same time, Tom's like, I'm the fucking second smartest guy here. And then all of a sudden yeah, he's like the man. third smartest guy here. But that's the that's the best part of the movie to me. I brought it up earlier. Is I bought the, a bag it. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that part. The part the part where where the, the villain, like you said, realizes and, and, and admits that like, hey, there's only a certain amount of people that would know that you're smarter than me and I'm one of them and it fucking kills me. Oh, when he you know? lights oh, the shit on oh, fire yeah, too. Yeah. Dude, that is so sick. He jumps on the ground to save that freaking shit that Matt Damon just scribbled down and fucking <laughs> Oh my God. All right, Scott, what do you got? Uh this might be unpopular. I'm kinda curious to see what you guys think, but the interview where Matt Damon sends Chucky. Ben Affleck, Chucky to go in and I, it's so good. It's yes, suspect. <laughs> it's suspect, but to it's funny, and I do enjoy it. But it's so out of character yeah. for the film. It almost takes you out in a way, which may be good or not. But I, I, I watched it this time, and I was like, it's just weird. It's kind of stupid. There's no way that three guys would <laughs> fucking be like, well, I got seventeen dollars, and it, like. They 70, would see $74. He had $74 right. in his pocket. They would see right through that shit. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of silly. So I, I threw it in the body bag. I, I, okay. In defense of that, as, as much as I admit, it's, it's, it's the comedy relief that is way yeah. outside of what's going on in the movie. The fact that they were like told that this is this, this rough Southie kid, they just might be like. That's the God smartest damn, person is, in the world. Yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to want to like like embarrass him because you're like, okay, maybe this is just how this dude acts. Like, I don't once know. he starts using words like heretofore, completely <laughs> wrong, 
they would say, okay, this like, something's weird. Retainer. Here. This is not Retainer. the smartest. Retainer. <laughs> so, okay. Keep so, your ear to the grindstone. You know? <laughs> so I want to I expand on that. So I'm 100% with you on that scene. And and my, my body bag is three scenes or, like, sequences that are totally out of character for the movie. One is that one. Uh-huh. The second one is the fight scene where – they it's there's lots of parts of it that you could think you could object to the slow-mo the music is a little bit odd music's very weird but that's for, something i had written down is like that's a very interesting choice but but for me the key is they do these very weird like slow-mo facial expressions yeah and there are things about them that feel merit like you know they're very like you're, you're thinking the, the casey affleck where he casey brings down and he's like his, his he like lights up after he it, hits them it, yeah it's a horrible because like it looks like he does not yeah, land yeah. a punch at all it's like yeah so, so like shitty it's all it's a weird like almost like dream sequency thing uh-huh. um and then the entire initial sequence where he goes through the series of therapists it's a combination of like on the edge of parody yeah, and totally unbelievable, right? Like the guy, the first guy walks out and says, Oh, you know, that, that guy in there is an absolute raving lunatic. Right. No therapist ever say that. Right. Like that guy was like the ultimate douche though. He was, but I mean, (laughs) and I think that's, I mean, that, that's part of the point. He he used words like uh, shenanigans and ballyhoo. Ballyhoo. (laughs) I do do love that part. No more ballyhoo. That's actually in my shag. Those words. I love ballyhoo. But I think my point though is like, and that the fact that they allow the Lambeau and the TA in there for the sessions and all these things, I, th- I think me, I call like, them. It's I like th- fantastical. Like there's no that's there's nothing about that that feels real. I think I called him Bill Plimpton. It's George Plimpton. George, I th- yeah, I think you're right. Because Bill Plimpton was like the artist. Like yes, he's like 100%. crazy artist. First of all, <laughs> Bill, Bill Plimpton has something. Please Google this, everybody who's listening. Bill Plimpton, your face, and just. It's going to blow your mind. So anyway, so it, it's I see your point, but I think what that's doing is, is basically showing that Will is not going to let these guys push him around and he's going to control the room. And he's the smartest guy in the he's room. He's the smartest guy in the room. Every room he walks in. And he, it's, it's kind of showing, look, we're setting this up. This guy's going to. And, and I, I see he, your point that because the hypnotist is a little bit ridiculous or whatever, but. Um, he's got an edge that if he's on your academic level, if you can't hang with that edge, that's the problem. Right. And and so when he when he meets with Sean for the first time, they start sparring back and forth, and it, it, it's crazy that whole inter, like the whole interchange between Sean and and Will the first time, it's like Sean will say something, he doesn't answer his question, he'll say it's, he doesn't respond to that question. It's right. like this yeah. whole it's sparring. But if, you sparring yeah. but if you don't have the first like initial couple of unsuccessful therapists with like will that controlling so, so so, so yeah. to be clear here i, I want I, I don't want to change that much about those scenes i just want to like dial it back from like a nine to a seven yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, there's no like, like they tried to make it too funny right like the guy like wasn't like, that like if the if the first therapist instead of walking out and saying that guy's an absolute lunatic just saying like i don't have time for this yeah, right. I'm cool with that, right? Like this guy's like, not even going to take it seriously. Well, if, well, if, well, if they hadn't, if they just hadn't ha- allowed the the professor and the other the the grad student to sit in the room while he's doing therapy, right? Like <laughs> tiny things that are just like they you took, think that's weird. 
they take that take you out of it. You're he's, like, wait, what? What's going on? Plimpton here? has, if he's a published author like that and, and very famous, he's dealt with some legit psychopaths. Like, right. I mean, exactly. He he wouldn't be thinking like, oh my god, this guy's raving lunatic or whatever. He just, he'd be like, yeah. No. I, I don't. Hey Nate, what's this. your body bag? Yeah, you haven't told us yet. That was literally just the body bag that I did. <laughs> Oh, the you actually, I thought you were just expounding on what Scott was saying. Oh, that was yeah. Hey, Zach, I so was there with you. you. I, was right? follow, I was following the flow from <laughs> Scotch. How many How many of those made? heavies have you guys had over there? We've had a lot. They're heavy. Who knows? <laughs> Hoisting them. What's your shag? What do you want to take home with you? Wait, now we're night? jumping back up to shag. We're not going. Yeah, we're doing whatever order I want. No, right. my shag is uh, is the same as my body bag, which is Minnie Driver's character. I fucking think she's just so great. I really like her. I really like her attitude. I really like the way that she kind of rolls with the punches, like throughout whole, like her kind of navigating, going to Harvard and dating weird freaking super lean Matt Damon and freaking like taking you to play bass fishing and stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you on this. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, Brad. Shag, shag, shag it. <laughs> my, my shag is, is absolutely, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. It was that, when when Sean first grabs Will by the neck, like that oh, that so establishment of you do not fuck around when you're referring to my wife, who I was with for just going through cancer with her. You do not fuck around because if you fuck around, you find out, and that's exactly what happens to Will. <laughs> Talk about shit. To find out. Talk shit. Get <laughs> he gets and 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 the thing about Robin Williams is that he's always been a comedic actor, and so to see him in this absolutely aggressive position. It's almost like you're, you're kind of at first, like the first time you see it, you're like, oh, fuck. Robin Williams is like, he's got some authority. Like, you just don't expect that from him. And so I just, I love that he's just, boom, up against the wall. Like you said, Nate, earlier, he, he slowly, calmly folds those glasses up. He's like, we might fucking roll right here. This We, we might yeah. just throw blows. He knows where he's going. Yeah. He senses it. And, and he's like, I don't want my glasses to break, so I'm going to put these in my pocket because I'm going to get physical with him, and we'll see how he reacts. Yeah. And he fucking just owns him right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shag Stellan Skarsgård because when you talk about this movie, you don't really talk about him. And I, he is the vi- you talk about him being the villain, quote, unquote, and... He actually has a very interesting character arc to me. Like, he's this cocky professor. He's the, kind of a rock star type of thing where, right. it, it, you know, he's got the Fields Medal and all that shit. And then he goes to that whole thing where, like you were saying, with, with Will burning the, the proof that he can't do. And you see this very emotional scene with him. It, it's a very interesting roller coaster of a character that. You know, because he, you can see how much he can't do it. He wants to be like Will, but he knows he's not, and he realizes it as he's sitting there and he's breaking down. He's like, "I just, I wish there wasn't somebody like you. I, I wish I never knew you were there, because then I would know you weren't there throwing it away." Whatever he, the line is, and it's like, and then at the very end, he kind of he he patches things up with Robin Williams at the end, and it's just like I, I think it's a very interesting character. He rides that line of yeah. villainry, yeah, well, really well. Well, well exactly. I mean, this is and I this is kind of why I was equivocating earlier when I said you know he kind of like is in a lot of ways villainous, but so he, he talks about he he puts it right. You know when he when they have the conversation in the bar between he and Robin Williams, right. He's clearly, he sort of says, I'm not sitting here, you know, twisting my mustache, hashing a plan to ruin his life. Mm-hmm. 
and the hard truth, right? The thing you have to confront in that moment is that he's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's not necessarily thinking about, he's not necessarily doing what's best for Will. And I think to some extent, this is Sean's very wise point, which is, you know, if you look at him as a person, you say, well, what does he want out of life? Like, isn't that the agency that you have to respect? But, you know, Lambeau is really looking at it going like, this is a loss for humanity. Mm-hmm. And there is something, you know, if you have the, a particular perspective, which is clearly his perspective, you think you sort of, there's this either, you know, you either owe it to humanity or there's no greater potential like satisfaction than being able to deliver that, you know, sort of greatness to the, you know, in, in like service to the world or whatever. And so in that way, like he's misguided, but he's not, he's not approaching it with really terrible intent. And that's what makes it, I think in some ways, not he, I'm a very uncomfortable villain is because like, there's, you know, he, there's a reasonable argument to be made that like he's pushing for the right thing. Well, that's why it's such a, a perfect trifecta of like adversaries where they're like, they're each adversaries with each other. And it's like this, this constant, like, I have your best intentions, but I'm also going to go to war with you. Yeah. I kind of have your best intentions, but I'm also going to go to war with you. And it's it, it, the whole struggle right. between the triangle is what makes this movie so great. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so, so I'm going to shag, I got to shag the Harvard bar scene. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to sit down and think I haven't really thought super carefully about it. I don't know if I like, I don't know if there's any scene I like better than that scene in any movie. I mean, I, I, it's so so good, it's so great. And I think for me, right, like I, I tend to be drawn in life, um, and in in, and I think you know my my version of the of the pixie dream girl, I guess, is you know cakes like you know short skirt long jacket, right? Like, you know, <laughs> um, you know so so for me, it's like I, the, those contrasts are really enticing to me. And you know, obviously, you know, I, I mean that, you know, certainly in terms of you know being attracted to a woman, but. Looking at the character that is both incredibly smart and like capable and full of knowledge, but also really potentially rough and physical and like intimidating, that sort of like that junction for me is just so, you know, so, so interesting to watch and it's played out so perfectly there. And then, you know, you get the beautiful like comedy bit of, you know, how do you like you know how do you like them apples mm. it's such a great line but i actually think that it's earlier that that really wins the scene well it's funny because like I, I have these notes off the side and i didn't know when i'd interject them but so speaking of the the bar did you guys notice and i've always found it kind of weird and this time i really i notice it when they walk up to the bar they the bouncer at the front door they got they hey case what's up and they hit him on the shoulder yeah, or whatever yeah. at harvard then they walk in and so then he's like, so this is a Harvard bar. I thought there'd be equations and shit. It's like, well, how do they know the guy at the front door if they've never been to the Harvard bar? Oh, they it's said been, his buddy, it, like, got hired it, over it, there. No, oh. say, K- no, no, they didn't say hired. They say Casey's bouncing a bar. Oh, yeah. shit. How right? did I miss that? So, okay. so the, yeah. and I, there I, you go. My impression, and I've not ever been a bouncer or been really good friends with one, but, like, in passing, I've heard people make comments that make me think bouncers kind of float a bit. That, like, it, you know, you might look for be looking for a bouncer as a one off, and you you know somehow find somebody that would. Don't do know it. how I missed that fucking line. There's only one the criteria for a bouncer. 
That is be slightly big. Yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah. early. It's like, yeah, hey, Casey's going to be bouncing to bar. Harvard, that's where go. Go. I'll say in that scene, the, the thing that I like is that when Affleck's going up and he, he starts doing his little thing, it's like, okay, man, don't do that. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. so And then he starts though. talking, you're like, oh, dude, you're talking about Elmage. This this looks bad. And then the other guy comes in, you're like, oh, fuck, definitely don't do that. And so he starts bringing like his whole like little snobbishness to it. And then here comes Damon as the hero, and he I actually, Damon. I actually love Damon coming as a hero. But it, but what I, but what I really liked was Affleck kind of really trying to not start shit. I man, I yeah. the same. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. He yeah. was like, it was, it was one of those survey classes. Yeah. He kind of yeah. like taps him. He's like, he's oh, like, yeah, hey man, man how's yeah. it going? You know, yeah. what I mean? he's super cool for like fifteen lines, and yeah. it's like. This guy wants to get his ass kicked. Like, what the fuck? And, and, and Affleck was trying so hard to be cool. And you ex- sort of expect Affleck to be like, to be like willing to you, pull. Let's fight. You know? Yeah, exactly. But he just isn't. Like, he like, doesn't. And, and it kind of puts some other things. It puts the fight earlier in context, right? Maybe yep. it makes the fight earlier more important, which is like, he's the first. He, he throws the car in reverse and backs up the first one. I mean, he's ready to go. But it's just because Will's gonna fight, and he's like, exactly. "I'm gonna fight with Will." But he's just not like looking yeah, for no the fight. problem with the fucking long haired. Yeah, yeah, he's like, Harvard. "You're just being a douche," and I'm yeah. not threatened by that. Dude, like, whatever. he could tell he was being a douche, but he still tried to play it off even further. Yeah, I, I love. I'll that, say, too. I, I, the, the few fights that I've been in have usually involved somebody else getting involved in the fight, and then me joining the fight because I'm like, okay, there's other folks there, so numbers versus numbers you can't let your friend get jumped by multiple people and i was actually in a car one time where we were driving and a buddy of mine saw somebody that he did not like and they had a lot of beef and we he legit pulled that car over and said yeah i'm I'm fighting this dude right now hopped out and within like 10 seconds they were they were just fist fighting and that song that song came on and it went into slow mo. <laughs> well, nobody else joined this. This is just a one on one. But I was just like, I, I was like, God damn. Like, I mean, yeah, good one, honey. It happens. Not, not me. Shit I, happens. Not me. I used to spin people's hair and get punched for it. <laughs> I only uh, it only happened once, but it taught me that if you spin people's hair, they punch you. Well, that's typically, super they don't like that. Super important lesson, to be honest. Um, oh, so, so, okay. So, have we all shagged? We have. Yeah. I think I it's think time for so some snagging. I'll jump in on the snag if you don't mind, because it's kind of that whole scene. What I love is the crew being the ultimate wingman and backup. And when when he's so Affleck goes up, starts doing his thing, and then Will kind of kind of goes in the background. He's watching, and then here comes Morgan. The other two guys are in the back, and they're down. listening. And it's great because I, I actually spent a lot of time watching on this last one, like what they were doing in the back, and at, they were kind of reacting. And Cole Hauser, his character, he, he's kind of getting closer as Blanker. things are getting heating up a little bit. And then uh, Michael Bolton's buddies, he's got the guy with the backwards hat sitting there with his arms <laughs> crossed, like acting all tough or whatever. <laughs> and it just shows you, like, and the minute, like, he, Will Hunting says, well, if you want to step outside, we can figure it out. That guy with the backwards hat just instantly recoils and is like, and and fucking the rest, his buddies are like, all right, well, you guys ready? And you look in the background, they're just like staring him down. They have his back the whole time. Yeah. And I just love the fucking crew there. And they, with the, the fight and everything, they're on it. They're going to fight him. They don't give a fuck. And uh, I just love that whole, the fact that they're in it to win it. They don't give a shit. They're going to have his back no matter what. Well, going away from from the boys and and all their good stuff, my snag a hundred percent, Robin Williams. Um, Zach, we were previewing this on on one of our last pods, and you were saying 
let's talk about Goodwill Hunting and uh, uh, the best role in Goodwill Hunting and why it's Robin Williams. And I just somebody who has been Mork. He's been all pretty much comedic roles. He's known for his stand up and his just psychotic, like hyperactive. To play such a calm role where he's not acting up, he doesn't have to have his little moment where he just kind of goes off and riffs and goes wild. It's just amazing to see such a great acting performance. And the way that he's so insane in his other stuff makes it even more impressive how awesome yeah. he is in these mm-hmm. roles. And I will say, 100% for the rest of my life, when I think of Robin Williams, I'm going to think of Best of Times, and I'll say it again because <laughs> you know, if you've listened to this pod, Best of Times is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he's so great in that movie, but but, but damn, it's not this over-the-top like, crazy Robin Williams. Yeah, and so I think this is like his, his number two because he's not crazy wild Robin Williams in Best of Times, and in this there's, movie... There's Best of Times, and then, <laughs> there's good will, then there's Good Will Hunting, ways and, good will hunting and then and everything, everything else after that. So I, I mentioned some of his other roles that I actually kind of like, which would be uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, Aladdin, obviously he's like psychotic, crazy cartoon character, um, Popeye... <laughs> And then Goodwill Hunting. I mean, I he's got so, a lot no of other stuff. Poets. No dead poets. No in, dead poets. Or, or in that or order, bro. Poets is like okay, great. Holy um, shit! Really? Oh, Captain, my Captain. His wild like insomniac days when he went like in in, in the, the photo booth. Bro? Photo booth. Like insomniac when, was a crazy fucking. What, no, no. What about insomniac good, was good. Uh, sorry, how are we sleeping on Good Morning Vietnam? Uh, good morning. Didn't he, Vietnam. Again, it's like kind didn't of the high, it's like the hyper like. I mean, there's there's some emotional. My issue about Good Morning Vietnam. To take a sidebar here. I heard that he fucking ad-libbed so much on that. It's nothing like the real story. It's like the only thing that was like accurate was literally the good morning Vietnam thing right. he did. All the rest of it was like way overblown. Are you telling me the other guy wasn't Robin Williams? <laughs> no, he was <laughs> Adrian Cronauer. No. But anyway, I, I love the film, but uh, anyway. So yeah, I mean, that's... I, I love Robin Williams. I, I miss the dude. I think it was just like eight years since he uh, uh, he he killed himself, and that's too many years because I wish I would have got to see him in some other stuff. Hundred percent. I he's so great in this film. It, he just he feels like he, a friend, and like he's just the most approachable, loving guy that's going to listen and just give a shit about you. But what's amazing and I think true to life is that he doesn't he seem tortured? Like, doesn't he see, You know what I mean? Like, that's, in the, in the yeah. movie, yeah, good one. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, By the way, he, he won he won a Golden Globe and was nominated for an Oscar for leading actor in uh, Born on, or, uh, in uh, Good Morning Vietnam, so... Well, he won the supporting no, actor for this, so at least yeah, yeah, no, this, I'm so. just saying, like yeah. that, that one's the one you. I like winners, out, Nate. I like winners. Did okay. you guys see the one where you played like the <laughs> the doctor that heals you through laughter? Oh, Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Oh, Adams. God, that that's a hard watch. That's an intense fucking. Movie. That's a hard watch. That movie man. is like hey, entertaining, entertaining. Dead Fuck people. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of like World According to God. Crazy. Yeah, man. no, World According to God is, is is a crazy one, and the fact that he was chosen for that that lead role was part, pretty wild and then then he plays what was it jack where he was like the oh dude that's a good one too he's like a four-year-old eight-year-old yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean he's a, he, and and you know what we're throwing out a lot of roles that are kind of different i mean we think of goodwill hunting as being this dramatically different role but he plays a lot of different types of characters yeah. his early stuff is much more fucking fisher king yeah, yeah. I, no i'm telling you that he i think he's, he amazing. has range throughout yeah so so what's your what's your uh, snag there zach Oh fuck! Oh, so 
Sorry, guys. We're so, hey, we're, 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 movie still doing we're doing a podcast okay. right now. That, that's what the so, microphone so my, is. So my snag yeah. is easy. Okay. And it's Casey Affleck. Oh, I thought you were, uh, I thought you were gonna I thought you were just gonna go ahead and go with uh, Mini, Mini Driver, Driver for the, from a third for the time. trifecta. <laughs> I love Mini Driver, but no, Casey Affleck in this movie uh, is just <laughs> so fucking every single thing he does is like your buddy's little brother that's like your friend that hangs out with you and fucking Double Burger? Oh my god. Chuck Double Burger. Double Burger. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Everything he does is just fucking. I thought I asked you for so a job yesterday. On you I did told ask you no. Yes, told you no yesterday. God, it's it's so good, and he's just so annoying, and just so like everybody's got that guy, and it's fucking awesome. But he also kind of knows his role because when he's he's sitting there telling that kind of story, and I just said fuck fuck you, and then Skyler's walking up, and he's like. I swallowed a bug. That I think also was ad libbed. By <laughs> the way, there's a, there's a part where it's like panning across and he's telling a story and he's like, and then the f- <laughs> what does he say, dude? Oh my god. Anyways, cut that out. Great story, bro. God, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I remember I that part. No, it was it was inappropriate. I think I was it was right after it. a recess. I was just <laughs> saying. Um, so my snag is uh, God. I mean, I, I don't know how we didn't didn't get here, but it's got to be Damon. I mean, and, and and watching it back, interestingly, like I think Affleck's get really good in this, and obviously the, he gets you know writing credit with with Damon, but Matt Damon as an actor, the chops are just incredible. So like I, I was rewatching the scene where they're sitting by the lake, and Damon says all of four words or something, right? And it's a great monologue by Robin Williams, maybe maybe the single best you know William Robin Williams scene, scene in the movie, but it's partly made by Damon's facial expression. You you see his realization on his face, especially it's like without saying a word. He's like you're an orphan, right? Yeah. And he doesn't reply, but his face replies. Yeah. He's kind of got a little bit of a tear going. He's moving his lips in sort of yep. weird ways and he's like it's it's a crazy. Now, actually I, w- what I'd really like to do is ask our our friend of the pod Robbie who uh, works for American Zoetrope and is the editor for uh, Francis Ford Coppola. I wonder how much of that is editing, right? Like you, you look at it and you say, you know, they're cutting back and forth to the scenes of his face. How much are they picking the right, like exact facial expression across a lot of them? But as you pointed out earlier, I think with that scene, it doesn't feel like a scene that's probably had a million takes, right? Like it kind of has a feel of a scene that is yeah. really where they're really reacting to each other. So, but I think, you know, in general, right, Damon's acting in this is great. It, it rightly launches him into sort of superstardom immediately. And he has a lot of great roles after this, which we will uh, explore in some detail next week on our <laughs> Matt Damon role draft. <laughs> nice segue, bro. I'll uh, say when, when he's, when he's talking with Skyler and in the whole argument, when he ends up like punching the wall and stuff, like, I mean, that there's an aggression there that he brings that like, you kind of, you start to believe him. You're like, it's terrifying. He's, he's been through some like yeah. rough shit. And, oh Yeah. And he's like, he's kind of exploding, and and, and talking about like people putting cigarettes out on him and shit. Yeah, Ugh. and he's that, like, you don't want to know about that shit. You don't like, and just like, it feels pretty real. Like se- that that conversation is pretty damn good. Second only to uh, Mark Wahlberg and Fear. Oh, <laughs> let me in the house. All right, goddamn. <laughs> so I believe it is time to move along to another category. Nice segue. Streaming recommendations. How about this? Crackle Pluto, it's for your anime. I'm Crunchyroll, Peacock, Hulu, Disney, Netflix, Doobie, Sling TV. Shoot, I'm sure to boo What the fuck is boo I'm sure it'll cause a sensation. It's 
screaming recommendation. Yeah, that's what I'm talking God about. God damn. So good. <laughs> where did we get all these bumpers? Yeah, where did we record that? Like, <laughs> man, you'd think we went to some like, professional studio or something. That's right. Uh, there's like a professional bowl. musician uh, working that out for us. All right. I got a streaming recommendation. I'm going to start this off just because, you know what? I was trying to think of like movies about friendship and stuff like that. And then I just decided just to take a little 180 and go, okay, well, Matt Damon's a good actor. One of my favorite roles for Matt Damon. Kind of like a similar movie where he's kind of a, a pretty educated dude and he he's going to like show himself, but he's also got a little gritty side to him. I'm going to go with Rounders. That is on HBO Max, and if you also had that as your streaming recommendation, that's why I jumped in there first, because I didn't want anybody else to steal it. first of all, it's on HBO Max, but it's also on Fubo. Oh. What the fuck fuck is Fubo? Fubo. (laughs) (laughs) That is the streaming rec that I had written down, and the only streaming rec I had written down, so I'll have to do some Googling. It's on Showtime, HBO Max, and I guess also Fubo. Fubo. So there you go. But Rounders, Poker, uh, 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 Matty McD. Mikey McD. Mikey McD. <laughs> and, and one of the worst Russian accents you'll ever oh, hear. Oh, hard Teddy, KGB, <laughs> John Malkovich. Oh, I love that. It's accent. worth watching just for that. Pays out to me on his money. <laughs> See, that's the worst Russian accent. No, that's <laughs> um, pretty spot on. Okay. I'm going to go in front of Nate because uh, I don't think he's going to pick mine, but I'm going to go A Beautiful Mind. With Russell Crowe. Dude, funny. That was one of the ones I was considering. And it does have a little bit of that feel. It makes me think of it. I love the, like, oh, my God, this guy's smarter than everybody. I love that shit. And uh, both these movies have that. But they also, like, pump up the uh, psychoticness up to, like, a thousand in that movie. Yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of chalkboard. My wife was like, Equations. hate the sound of the chalkboard. I like that. I like the sound of that chalk going across the chalk. That's a good. I, I, that's a solid pick. I'm not. I haven't seen that in a while too. I might follow your advice and go watch it. HBO Max. So I'm going to throw. Uh, this one is maybe the most different character that he's ever played. That Damon has ever played, and that's The Departed. Ugh. So, so I, for that reason, if you want more Damon, but a really, really different uh, approach, you want to go watch The Departed on Netflix or HBO Max. Most different in what way? Well, I mean, he's sort of like super slimy, super um, the villain. kind of villainous. And but, but it's weird. Not, that- not, I wouldn't say he's dumb, but he's not that bright. You know? Okay. What, what's weird about it is like it's. It's like you're kind of used to Matt Damon being the good guy. And yeah, he's and a you're bad not, guy. You're not ready for him to be and the bad guy. And he plays a great bad no, guy. That's yeah. True. yeah. I love yeah. the character. I'm just yeah, saying. So there, I didn't think it was so that yeah, so much of a reach. There you go, Brad. Eat that. <laughs> All right. My bad. <laughs> Jesus. Damn. In your face. Guess I'm not pandering to the dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Foreshadowing happening here. Uh, all right, uh, scotch bag. Do you? Do you yeah. You're you just co-sign, man. Just co-sign. Co-sign, co-sign uh, rounders. Yeah, rounders. It's it's uh, Will Hunting Jr. Um, it's very similar. I love it. It's one of those just. Uh, you don't have to be a poker fan to appreciate. I'm not really a poker player, but um, I love. Actually, it's better if you're not much of a poker player right. because you'll be like, God damn, these hands are amazing. Because you don't scrutinize the right. fucking, oh, he's got a straight flush. Edward Norton is is amazing in it as Worm, his buddy, and, and John Turturro is a great character as well. Everybody in that movie is awesome, so Rounders on Fubo. Yeah, when you're like, 
Oh, I mean, any good poker player is going to lose all their money there because <laughs> you, you don't expect him to all of a sudden have a full house. This guy folds his four of a kind. <laughs> all right, Nate, you, you you disappeared all of a sudden. Yeah, I was looking at something on my phone. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is Fubo? Um Okay, so I believe we might be on to our final category of the evening. No jet watch for Maverick mixed up on that goose stick. Iceberg list Titanic, Leo's drawing that nude shit. Jim fucks Nadia like we all thought he should. Ricky and Doughboy get the fuck out the hood. Luke hooks up with Leia just like he's intending. It's time for a reshelf and alternate endings. So good. What? 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 I mean, uh, what producers got a hold of our our, our bumpers? That, that beat, dude. Dude, that's dude. hard, bro. Stockton Cali. Damn. <laughs> who's, spitting, who's spitting those rhymes? I don't know who's got those bars, but Jesus. Somebody with dope braids. Man, those guys might need to get SoundCloud. <laughs> All right. This guy Fox knows how to spit that shit. All right. Who, who's got Who's got the alternate endings? Well, I'll, I'll just start off because mine's not really an alternate inning. It's just the fact oh, that it's the fact that you have Jay and Silent Bob strike back. They decide to bring back the the whole Goodwill Hunting crew, including Michael Bolton or whatever his name is. They all come back and they have the bar scene part two, when all of a sudden the ponytail dude starts like getting the upper hand on Will and Chucky and Will get a little nervous, and Will knows how to answer that because he brings out the shotgun. So they did they really do this? Do, do, am I remembering that they did some? Never seen this movie. All so of them are involved. All the actual actors are involved. Yeah, uh, Gus Van Zant is actually involved as well. Oh. He's counting his screen money instead. So it's 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 got a funny little cameo from Gus Van Zant, and that's the alternate ending I love. It's it's Goodwill Hunting Part Two, a hunting <laughs> season, and they blow away the applesauce dude. He goes applesauce, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's a classic. Uh, so that's that's the alternate ending I love. I'm glad that they got to do that in uh in a Kevin Smith movie. The alternate ending has to be like the movie's thirty minutes longer and we see Will just go and freak out on her and uh <laughs> in fucking Palo Alto. They're just like they're just like all of a sudden in this like super ritzy. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Stanford campus, but uh, like, I have. It's oh dude, it's like nice. super nice and you like you venture off campus and all of a sudden you're in this like crazy ritzy place where you get like a piece of bread is like $47. And, uh, I think he just loses his mind like eight seconds after he gets there. And he's just like, I'm going back to hang out with my friends and probably throw a cinder box off a building. I think it's probably a true story. Yeah. Thousand percent. I'm so here's what I, here's what I want as the alternate ending. So, I like movies that do give me that like closure, but I don't want to see the next like two months. No, neither do I. That's I, why it's a perfect movie. No, <laughs> I want. I, I, I want them to like bring us back in like six years and see what's what they're all doing. Oh, and see him like drinking himself. He's got like diabetes. <laughs> He's got his half his foot <laughs> cut off. No, like I want to see like Morgan married to uh, Kathy. You know, and they're down at the ball field. You know, watching, watching, you know, somebody play T-ball. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I, I want a beaten fucking Mark Zuckerberg's ass. Like Mark Zuckerberg's like student, and he's just like at a bar, and all of a sudden here comes Will Hunting, and he's like, "Oh, you think you're fucking smart, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> like, beats up just beating the fuck out of My Zuckerberg. My boy's wicked smart. No, so I I I, I want to go the other direction. I think I think the, they 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 meet uh, they meet you know Billy and and uh, and uh, Chucky are still single dudes just working the demo team. And then, you know, the four of them, you know, Morgan and, and Kathy and the four of them are in the bar and you're like, I'm not sure. And then Will rolls in and you're like, oh, Will's back. And Skyler comes in with him. Oh, she's she back in, in like, Boston. Yeah. She's doing a residency. They're together. Will is uh, he's he's finishing his Ph.D. in mathematics at uh, MIT. No, nah. I don't Fuck think that he, movie. I don't <laughs> think he has to finish it. <laughs> That's my that's my happy ending, no? No one? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I can't I can't I can't coast good. All right, fine. F fine. Then Goodwill Hunting till dawn and you know they, <laughs> I feel like if he, he, he a bunch of vampires try to take him down in his uh, new car when he tries to Lambo leave town. and all his crew is a bunch of a bunch vampires. Of vampires. So, sure. so a bunch of vampires show up and then Will fucking like, pulls, he pulls up an apple cart. And he's like, how do you like them apples, fucking vampires? And he starts killing so them with apples. Throw, throwing vamp apples that have spikes <laughs> sticking out of them? Yeah, I will yeah. say, I mean, when, when we're talking about baseball throws, when they're in the batting cage and he, he's... He, Dude, his, his Matt Damon has not legit. bad. It's yeah. better than Charlie Sheen. He's got a nice little... It's like, better a little than Charlie Sheen going. in Major League. Stop brushing better me than, back. Better uh, than stop Charlie counting Sheen. the plate. <laughs> Uh, I will say that Affleck's swing is whack as fuck, and like obviously, does he, he ever even get to league. swing? Like he, he swung like three like times, three and times. it's like it's when like he, real, real. Like there's no there's no rotation to it. It's bad. Well, when he runs out there to fight him, and then he's doing like the whole Boston Celtics, like the little like fighting Irish, like or the yeah, he's got his like arms up, like he's like a 1920s boxer. Oh, I'm I'm dropping. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get a laugh, but it was just was dead silence. If we're going, if we're going best pitching motion in a movie, I think Damon's up there. Wait, are we not? Have we forgotten that uh, um, Kevin Costner is, is a lot is around? I, I, I thought Sheen's you were gonna say Freddie Prince Jr., but okay. Oh. Zach, Zach disrespecting <laughs> Charlie Sheen over here was bad because Charlie Sheen's the best. Charlie Sheen's really good, yeah. but I think that Matt Damon's motion is better. It didn't look bad. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wait, wait, back. Scotch, what do you got? Reshelf? I got, I got, yeah, not, I got no, I mean, other than the fact that he doesn't go see about a girl and you see him just crunching numbers at the CIA. Yeah, and so being just, a responsible millennial. And then at the end of the day, he just takes a gun to his head because he just can't handle it anymore. But. Well, yeah, but you know what? what the, the thing that we did it's forget. fucking dark, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing. You guys made me talk. <laughs> the thing that we did forget is we're talking about these endings, but we didn't even talk about a, a, you know an alternate ending song, uh, which is very important because, you know, he drives off and you've got a nice little, I think it's an Elliott Smith song playing, and it's like, okay, it's all magical and great and everything. I think that that's the song that everybody talks about as he's driving away. Like that's the song that everybody's stoked about. Well, I mean, this is a Boston movie, right? Why, why, why? When he just starts taking off, why is all of a sudden? No, no, wait, fuck! I just <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> you started doing it, and then it fucked me up. Um, you didn't get your mouth guitar <laughs> going the way you wanted when, it to. When, or, I was in the when he starts court. driving away, I was in. I was playing. Jan, Jan. No, see, I'm, I keep the spirit. <laughs> spirit. Yeah, I was just going to say, wait, where are you going with Kurt Cobain? I'm, I'm, I'm here. Okay. 
Teen Spirit. It's it's a Boston movie, and all of a sudden, more than a feeling jumps onto the radio. More than a feeling. And that's what's going off as he drives away. That would be a terrible, terrible ending. Pretty terrible. So for some reason, because of the car, I picture him driving away to sweet emotion. No? Okay. Very, very much like uh, the end of uh, um, Days and Confused. That's what I'm feeling. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That was so, like a baritone Steven Tyler, and I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> what key is he in right I now? I wasn't in the key. <laughs> I was, I was in transcending keys. So, you know, I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, he's getting in a car. He's going to go see about a girl. Well, what's the real motivation here? And it made me think of a, of a band that many people know for other songs that are, you, you may not realize who Better. they are. But it's a, it's a band called Dr. Hook, and they, they made a, an amazing song called Cover the Rolling Stone, which is what they're no, kind of known for. And oh, on yeah. that same album is another song, and I'd like to play it for you because nobody knows it, but this is the song that, this is the proper motivation of why he's going to go see about a girl. Start each day with a song. Yeah, he's just straight looking for pussy. He's looking for pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that he's a, got a line on it though. It's already. <laughs> it, it, it's not the same. I mean, if he doesn't know where she lives, I guess he's got to figure it out. I'm just saying. Well, this this is what I mean. We, this exposes a weak spot in the. Is there any pussy home? <laughs> this exposes a weak spot in the movie, which is. You know, they, he makes reference to, to Sean. He's like, oh, you know, I know, I've slept with a few women, you know. But like, no, he says he's been laid big time. Big oh, he's time. been laid big time. I big forgot. Time. Yeah. So, so, but like, we don't see any other women kind of circling at the bar or any. Like, he's the kind. Like, isn't he the best looking of the four guys? I mean, is it Chucky? hundred percent. He's the best looking. Yeah, and like, he's clearly like got chops. He's personable and smart. Like, how? Why do we not get the feeling like Will Hunting is like in high demand? But he leaves the bar the, the first time that that equation's on the board, and he like knows I gotta yeah, solve that shit. We just don't see like him he leaves much. it, and they're like, "What the fuck? You're leaving?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." And I feel like he's the dude that just kind of like ninjas out a lot of times, where he's just like, "I'm bouncing. Nobody's gonna know because they're gonna end up fucking a bunch of girls that I'm not interested in, and I'm not like really. Kathy. Yeah, what? She's missing she's, a she's tooth. Missing a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> she's missing. She's missing a tooth. Well, all right. <laughs> she's got the skin condition. <laughs> Anything else that we need to say about this movie before we wrap it up, fellas? I don't know. I got so much stuff I want to say, but we've already gone like 18 hours, so (laughs) I guess we should. Hey, this is a one-year anniversary show. We can go as long as we want. Anybody catch the uh, Hollywood foreshadowing of uh, Will wearing the um, Cobra jacket? Ah, the show. Yeah, the Shelby jacket. The Shelby jacket. He's wearing that when he was uh, in one of the sessions. Really? Mm -hmm. Who would have known that? Little Hollywood. 20 years later, he's playing Carol Shelby. Mm -hmm. I think they might have known. That's why they did it. Probably. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap it up then. So I'm convinced. <laughs> next week we are going to be drafting. Oh man! Of course, the most memorable Matt Damon characters. Mont Damon. But, but what's happening that's going to be so special about this new draft? Because uh, Scotch Beck is now a full and permanent member of the Bev's Video Kingdom podcast. 
he is no longer the auto judge, mm-hmm. which means that I am going to make my judging debut. He's so excited. It was funny because when I when I first thought about this, like we were texting about it, and I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, someone's got to take the bullet and judge. And then all of a sudden, I realized, like, wait, oh, it's me. I get to pass judgment on all <laughs> you guys' shitty teams. And, well, and then you said, and I am a Matt judge. Matt and, I, and, and, and yeah, expert. it's like in some ways, it's like instead of having to be limited to one direct team, I get to weigh in and like sort through all of the teams because mm. I do consider myself a Damon expert. I was going to say, and this is a good draft for you because you love Matt Damon's hairless face. I love I love me some Matt Damon. Yeah. He's got a lot of moles on his cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how he shaves. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't because he doesn't grow any facial hair. That's true. I thought about that. All right. So <laughs> we will see you back here at Bev Studio Kingdom next week to kick off our second year with matt damon happy one year y'all mm. next episode we might have matt damon on to talk about his facial hair <laughs> bye-bye I can brag your favorite podcast. Let's start this thing.